Tyler. Hello. Have you watched all of the new Dexter? I am up to date, yes. Dexter is good again? I really like it. Uh, Do I'm you? Up, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm up to date. Like, Let me double check. Because I might have not seen the one this... I'm pretty sure I did, but now I... Now I need to double check if I watch this week's episode or not. Oh, this week's would have just been the one that came out today, right? Is it? Is it today? Yeah. There. So today would be episode four. Okay, I've seen the first three. Okay, so you're up to date. Do you like it? Uh, I I, I do honestly. <laughs> I think it's really good, to be honest. Yeah, I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised with how it's turned out. Yeah, so uh, full spoilers for if anyone hasn't seen Dexter. Um, I really like how they brought, uh, what's her name back? His sister? Yeah. Deb? Yeah. As like the like fucking, like she's haunting the shit out of him. Yeah, like his ghost? Yeah, I think that's rad as hell. I called that. I said that's how she was going to fucking come back. Well, and that's like all the the news stories around it too was like those actors basically saying like, yeah, it's flashbacks or whatever the fuck it was. But Yeah, well, when they said she was coming back, it's like that's the only way she can come back. Yeah. It's, it's either, the only possibility that she was going to step up and kind of be like when you used to see his father. Yeah, yeah, totally. No, I think it's like how they're doing it is super good. I really like it. Like how they... How how they're playing with that kind of aspect, I think, is really good. It's uh, I really really like it so far. I do too, but I have some concerns. If I'm okay. being honest, all right, hit me with them. It feels like just another season of Dexter, which is good. Don't get me wrong; yeah. that's a good thing. Yeah, but at the same time, this is a one and done bonus season to make up for how terribly the last one ended. And yes. the track that they're on, I'm getting concerned that this is going to end as if it was just another season part of the regular Dexter series, and we're going to get left off, maybe not as bad as they ended the whole season or series last time, but I feel like they're going to end it as if it's just another season, so then there's still not going to be that closure. True. So, okay, so full, full spoilers. Um, and this is how I think they're going to end it. Because in that last episode, they teased that there's another killer in that town. Like, that mm -hmm. dude hunting. Dexter's gonna end up killing him. And then, like, because of course they're gonna face off, right? Mm -hmm. And then I have a feeling the show is gonna wrap it up in, like, a nice little bow with him and his kid just living there. Or they're gonna make it really bad and, like, kill him off or something, but, like... I've like I get your concern, but like I feel like they're also setting it up to like give some sort of an end. But I don't See, know, and I don't know yet. But I'm getting vibes that it's gonna end up being Dexter versus this other killer. Yeah, because like, did we get a glimpse of who the other killer is yet? We just know there is another killer, right? Uh, yeah. No, they haven't like showed his face or anything like that because he's always like in a ski mask or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. So we haven't we haven't seen the face, but. Right, so I think Dexter's going to face off against this guy and it's going to become like a little overwhelming and somehow Harrison is going to be there and it's going to be Dexter, like father and son, defeat this killer. 
but I think that's also still going to be Dexter's demise that like they end up defeating the killer, but Dexter's fatally injured in the whole process. Yeah. And then that's when we're going to realize like Dexter, I don't think Dexter's going to be the one who actually kills this other killer. I think I his think son so. is going to be the one who like puts the knife in there. And I, I think that. that is going to trigger something where all of a sudden Harrison realizes that He's he got, has a dark passenger yeah. and Dexter's, you know, last few words are going to be something to the effect of yeah. read my journals or some shit. Yeah. And then that's when Harrison's going to learn like, oh, okay, this is in my blood. This is yeah. why I feel this way. And this I is why through, my dad left. Right. Yeah. So I think Harrison's going to realize what his dad is. And I think Dexter has a bunch of books or something that's going to explain the code and yeah. how to go about this and kind of like everything he learned along the way. And I think we're also going to find out that like it wasn't just what's her name dying, Yvonne Straf Stra Strahovski or whatever, dying in Mexico that like prompted him to move to Miami and then find his dad. I think we're going to find out that like he fled Mexico or Argentina, wherever they were in South America. I think we're going to find out that he fled and it's because he's killed and he fled out of fear. I think that his son has already killed someone. Okay. I'd be all right with that. I, I like I really like the direction they're going. Which so. I think was kind of like hinted at when that one bully was making the comment and Oh yeah. Harrison grabs him by the throat. You can see that look on his face. Like yeah. I think he's already there and he's yeah. not sure how to deal with that and mm -hmm. stuff like that. So like that's where I think it's going. I think it and I don't know if they'll actually set it up. Or I hope maybe they do, do a spin-off. But if they do, maybe, maybe they do a spinoff where now it's, it's Harrison is going through and, and looking at the code and, you know, picking up the mantle of getting rid of the bad guys in the world like Dexter was. Yeah, I'd be all right with that if they did it right. But that's that's my theory. Yeah. I really like how they're setting it up. Like it's. It, it feels it feels right. Like it doesn't like how the, how they're doing it. I like it. And yeah. I, I like too how like um like when he kills the the dude who shot the deer, like he misses a bunch of shit because he hasn't been like doing this shit for a lot of years. So like I like how they're kind of playing on that where it's like, hey, he's he's not like the perfect guy anymore. Like he, he hasn't had to deal with this shit in years, so he's like, Oh fuck, I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, he's a little rusty. Yeah. Like I like how they're actually playing on that too, so it's 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 really good. Yeah, so far I quite enjoy it. I I have been a fan so far. Have they? Uh, I've been a fan except for when the fucking TV DB folks keep fucking changing the show. Mm, understandable. I just looked up how many episodes are supposed to be this season. Ten. So we're like getting close to the halfway mark. A third of the way. Yeah. Oh. Well, it just makes me like okay. So obviously, and we don't know how the other seven episodes are going to play out maybe it does play out really good or maybe they take a second swing at this and they fucking fail miserably but then of course it's got me thinking about the ray donovan movie that is approaching so that a trailer for that just dropped and i haven't had a chance to watch it yet me neither but i really want to but see that's also weird because they're gonna have to cram that into a movie a whole season yeah. into a fucking yeah. 90 to... I'm hoping they go for a full, like, two hours. There's a lot of fucking holes they gotta close. 
Well, if they if they've got a trailer out, I'm just if I open up IMDb. Does it show a runtime? For Ray Donovan. It's so weird that they gave Ray Donovan the movie and fucking like Dexter the TV show. Fucking Showtime is weird. Ray Donovan the movie. Coming January. I don't see a runtime. Yeah, me neither. Huh. I'm curious how that movie plays out. I don't know that they're going to be able to wrap everything up in a movie. Yeah, I don't I don't know either. I don't think they will, but I mean, I was so furious that it was such a massive cliffhanger to leave off on. Right. And then to just cancel that show <laughs> when like it wasn't doing poorly. It was still doing just like just fucking it was doing fine. Yeah. And from the get go, they went, yes, this is how many seasons we're going to end it at the end of this season. This will be our last season. It wasn't like a like some shows where they keep going, they keep going and they're like, OK, yeah, like we're running out of material or ratings aren't doing well. Like, I think this is going to be your guys's last season. It was like from the fucking beginning with Showtime. They're like, yeah six seasons once we get to the end we're fine and then they get to the end of the fifth season and after it's all done yeah. it gets announced it's canceled and they're like uh yeah that was we, the fucked up part we wrote and planned for one season to clear everything up and wrap <laughs> this whole series up and they just axed it right I was... yeah because i remember like <laughs> us talking about that like because the actors after the fact were like yeah we had no idea we were getting canceled like we had we planned this final season and then we were done and they decided to just pull the rug out. <laughs> yeah. I was pretty fucking furious about that. Showtime's always been weird that way, though. I don't like, know. I, I, I don't think they're nearly as bad as Fox is. Oh, God, no. Fox is fucking criminally fucking terrible with that shit. But. Yeah. Dexter. It's good. Yeah. And hopefully Ray Donovan is, too. I mean, we got like two months and then. January fourteenth, we'll yeah. Be able to find out how that all comes to an end. Yeah, I'm really curious how that's gonna gonna play out. But speaking of interesting things, did you watch the new South Park? No, I haven't Ooh. had a chance to yet because I thought it would uh, appear in my sonar no. based on a season, but it, it's, it's a movie. A, it's a movie, and I found that out the other night, so I have yet to watch it. Is it good? It's, I. I'm always a fan of South Park, so I was quite happy with this one. It was weird. This whole one takes place in the future, and they're all adults. So that was kind of fucking what? interesting. Yeah. It's like years after the the pandemic happens, and everybody is adult. Oh. You know, self-driving cars are everywhere, and turns out Kenny, like, minor spoilers here, because it's all in the sure. trailers. Kenny, when he grows up, he ends up becoming, like, this billionaire playboy <laughs> philanthropist of course and decides to dedicate his work to figuring out what happened like how the pandemic started because in kenny's eyes it was the pandemic and the events that took place immediately after the pandemic happened that caused all of their friends to like fracture because in the future none of them are friends anymore 
So Kenny dies, and it's kind of like it, like the movie It, where like one person dies, so they all come back to the small town to figure out what happened. Sure, yeah, yeah. And so Kenny dies, and they all come back to kind of like figure out what's going on. And it's, I won't say much more than that, but it <clears throat> it is hilarious because they like totally discuss how fucking the pandemic started because Randy went to China and had sex with a pangolin, and that's like the origin of the coronavirus. And oh. <laughs> I just added it. Uh, kind of want to check it out now. It was pretty funny. The first of many of these like one-hour South Park movies that Matt and Trey have signed on to do. Yeah, because they signed a deal for like seven or something like that. I think twenty-two. Was it twenty-two? It was a like holy fuck. I don't I think they're all South Park, but it yeah. was like through Paramount or whatever. They signed a deal to like. Yeah do another five or six seasons of their show and then they get free reign to do 22 movies and they can be South Park or otherwise. Right. I wonder if they'll come back to like Team America or something like that with that deal. Like I wonder if they'll just be like, hey, we've had ideas for all this other shit but we've been too busy with South Park. I would absolutely love another Team America movie. Who wouldn't? Absolutely love it. I, I... I bet they maybe come back to it, but who knows? I'd like to see them do Book of, Book of Mormon as a full-on fucking movie, too, to be completely honest. Oh, that's that play they did? Yeah, and it was a hilarious. Because yeah, you saw that, like, actually, um, like, Broadway, didn't you? Yeah, that was, like, one of the fucking first things on my bucket list when we went to New York. Is like, I'm going to Broadway, and I'm going to see Book of Mormon. And, yeah. it, and it absolutely lived up to my expectations. It oh, yeah. was incredible. I was oh, crying. Yeah. 90% of the time sitting there watching that play, I was fucking in tears. I think a, like a like part of that is like seeing something live, I think is always better. Like mm-hmm. the experience of that. Like I remember, shit, what was it? It's like eight or nine years ago, like I saw some comedian live in like Edmonton or Calgary that like I normally don't care for. And I, like I don't remember their name, but like I remember like as I was watching it, like I was having a good time. Like, mm-hmm. So I think there's that element of like, oh, I'm going out, you know, with friends and watching this, but for sure, for sure. Yeah. And I can't fucking wait for what else they put out. I am a little bummed out that they did it as like, yeah, because with the whole TV DB and movie DB like databases and stuff like it's such a mess. <laughs> yeah, because the other like the pandemic and then the post pan like the two fucking pandemic specials they did are listed as episodes of season 24 so not always so they were originally they did the same thing as fucking dexter except based on seasons because it originally fucked me up they had it as specials and then fucking you know the admins of tv like db was like no it's it's an episode so like they constantly switch it back it's a fucking nightmare yeah well right now it's listed as a fucking movie and I'm um, pretty sure if you like go like on South Park's website or a few other places, like I think it was even IMDb listed it as like episode three of season 24. I could be wrong, but I saw somewhere they had it listed as as episode so three. TVDB also has it listed as a special. So like if you go into your sonar and click specials, it's number 43. So if you click to flag it, it would try to find an episode somewhere online that is like 0043. 
It's it's so fucking weird. I fucking hate the TV DB so much. <laughs> They're so fucking. Uh, yeah, and if you go on IMDb, it's listed as episode yeah. three of season twenty-four. Yeah, there's no fucking universal standard for this, except for the TV DB, which has a bunch of mods that just power trip and argue all the time. Mm-hmm. Fucking change it. It's fucking dumb. Fuck the TV DB. Fucking. Awful. Awful. Well, I really want to watch South Park now. Yeah, either way, it was good. I quite fucking enjoyed it. That's good. So, we like cult documentaries. Mm -hmm. Do you think Leo as Jim Jones is a good fit? I think he could do it. I think so, too. I actually think this actually works. I definitely think that he could make this work. Yeah, I think so too. Especially like when you like click that variety article and, and, see you, the pictures. and you see yeah, you're like, okay, a little bit of like prosthetics and some makeup and stuff. Yeah. He absolutely yeah, totally. could be Jim Jones. Yeah. I think this like movie will actually like be really good. And I have a extreme fascination with like the cult stuff. Oh yeah, totally. Like Me any too. documentary that involves like a cult leader, like I am fucking yeah. all in for that Netflix one, the Wild Country. Yeah, that one is so good. Oh, oh my god! Yeah, uh, I love that one. Like, yeah, it was incredible. And yeah. as far as like movies go, Bad Times at the El Royale. I think I've watched that like three or four times. Like, I, I just thoroughly I, fucking enjoyed it. I haven't seen that one yet. You haven't seen Bad Times at the El Royale? No. What? No. Have you looked at the fucking cast? Yeah, I know. I know. It's really good. So like you like when you look at the cast, when you watch the trailers and you're just like, nah, I don't know. Maybe I'll watch it later. Like, are you fucking nuts? It was just like one of those ones where like I I didn't get a chance to see it in theaters. I saw it in theaters twice, and then I again when it was out of theaters. Yeah. I'll add it to the list. It's a long one too. It's like two hours, two and a half hours, I think. Yeah, it's a lengthy one, but it's like very, it's very beautifully shot. And I'm typically not a fan of like movies that like are all based on like a timeline that kind of like shuffles throughout the film, right? Like right. Where it's like, hey, you're in present day, and then all of a sudden you're in the past, and then you're in the future, and then you're back to the past, and then you come back to the present day. Like the timeline jumps in films. I don't really yeah. like that because it's it's doable, but not a lot of people I find in films or TV do the timeline jumping in a way where like it actually like has a nice flow to it. Yeah. It makes sense. And this was like one of those like rare movies that like they jump from past to present and kind of, and back and forth, but they also do it with each character. They'll like introduce a character and you'll see their side of events that happen at the hotel and then maybe a flashback and then back to like what's currently going on with the hotel. Right. And then something like crazy will happen and then it just like will fade. And then all of a sudden you're introduced to another character and you see everything that just took place from the different characters perspective, why they're at this hotel, why they're doing the things they do. And that's how they go through the whole movie is like basically character by character. So you get to, it's the the whole event is exactly the same, but you see it through each individual character's eyes, why they're there, what is happening, how they're perceiving events. And then you get to the end and it like all culminates into like one where like everybody's present kind of thing. Right. 
and a knockout fucking cast. Yeah. I have been meaning to watch it, and I think that's like you saying that it's super good. It's probably the excuse I needed to actually watch it. There's lots of movies that I watch. There's lots of movies that you watch. There's a handful of fucking movies that like I enjoyed so much that I would watch again. Right. And that was one of them that I've watched multiple times. Hmm. And it's even rare for me to enjoy a movie so much that I would see it more than once in the theater. Right. And I saw that one twice in theaters. Right. And I think it was because someone else was like, yeah, I saw the previews and it looked interesting, but I never got around to see it. And I was like, let's go. Let's go to the movie theater right now and watch it. I'm totally down. Yeah. I can't remember the last time I saw like a movie twice in theaters. I want to say it was probably the first Star Wars that like of the new trilogy. I want to say I saw that one a couple times. But yeah, I haven't even finished the new trilogy. It's not worth finishing. That's what I keep hearing, so I haven't. <laughs> and then because I haven't finished the new trilogy, I haven't bothered with any of the spinoffs. Well, the spinoffs aren't related, so you can totally watch the spinoffs. I know, and I keep, I want to watch The Mandalorian, but like I, like, I don't know. Like Lots of people growing up, I found like they were either on the side of Star Wars or the side of Star Trek. And, mm-hmm. You know, it was kind of like when I was a kid, it was you either watched the O.C., or you watched One Tree Hill. You I know, watched you, both. So that's that's gross. You're a terrible human. <laughs> so there's that like line in the Sandron, and I never really got big into either, but I did right. watch the Star Trek movies, never gave a shit about the show. Yeah. Same. And then I don't know I don't know what it is with Star Wars. Like I watched the first one in theaters. I think I watched the second one as well, and I watched Rogue One, and that's kind right. of where I stopped. I never saw the third one. I never saw on solo. Or any of those. And I I hear mixed that Solo was good and Solo was bad. I like Donald Glover, so I mean, I don't know how it possibly could be bad, but... I do not like him in that movie. Fair enough. (laughs) I think if you're looking for, like, some Star Wars to watch, I would start with The Mandalorian. That's, like, the best Star Wars that Star Wars has been in a while. I've been humming and hawing about it for a while. Yeah. It's solid. I would recommend it. It's just there's so much fucking TV mm-hmm. coming out. And like a lot of like really good hidden like one-off miniseries. Like that seems yep. to be what's taking my time. Like I, like going through Dr. Death and then going through Dope Sick. And Let's talk about Dope Sick. Because I finished that the other night. Yeah, I, I'm two, two left. What? Full disclosure, I have two left. That show is amazing. <laughs> it was really good. Like Lindsay and I both really got into it. That show's I, I haven't fucking finished it yet. Great. That is, uh, it is so like, what was it? It was a while ago. We both watched that HBO documentary. Yes. This is basically a dramatization of that same yeah. company. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. And it is really good. And Michael Keaton absolutely nails it. Oh, fuck, he's phenomenal. And like, it's crazy to see how like he is super reluctant about all this and doesn't believe it and then kind of like, gets on board with prescribing them and then starts seeing the bad effects and then yep. like avoids tries to like wean his people his like his patients off of it and then all of a sudden he gets into an accident and all of a sudden he's fucking yep. straight up fiending and like losing his grip on everything. Yeah. Like it 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 shows like the real effect of like how fucking bad those drugs can be. Right. You know it's 
or it's like a good honest doctor is like starts off and then some salesman is like well no actually like these totally help you know and we got this fucking fda rating that is like super bullshit but we got it anyway and then like keaton goes yeah actually this like at the start he's like this actually totally helps patients and like they're living a good life and then he sees like them fucking breaking into drugstores and whoring themselves out and he's like oh fuck this is not good at all mm-hmm. okay the one member of the Sackler family, the main guy they focus on, who's constantly like, he's trying to push this drug into Germany mm-hmm. now, that dude. Yep. The way he fucking walks, the way he talks, his voice, who does he remind you of? Someone. Because now that you're saying that, like, it's something that as soon as you say the name, I'm going to go, yep. I, I don't can't. know the name. That's the thing. Is we've watched six episodes so far, and every time he's on screen, I'm like, oh man, he reminds me of this one person. Like, and I don't know if it's like, like a real life person. I don't know if it's a real life person or it's someone else, but like just the way he talks specifically, and then like in that like low, raspy kind of I don't I don't know how to describe it, but just the way yeah. he talks and projects himself, I guess like in my head it keeps flashing. It's like this is like exactly like another character from a show or a movie like he's it's very very similar and i can't put my hand on it and then I, like lindsay was saying the same thing she's like yeah i can't it reminds me of someone but i don't remember who i wonder if it's that same actor in a different show i'm going to look him up but like i know if i eventually i'll figure it out i'll be like oh it's this guy or this character from this film or this character from this tv show and i'll be like yes they're the same cuz I've like when I first when he first came on screen and started talking I was like okay I've seen this exact character before but it wasn't a member of the Sackler family it was but it was like a carbon copy of another character from another film or TV series and I can't put my finger on it I'm just looking up his IMDb I'm not seeing anything that is like and I don't think it's him but I I can't place it but it's just in the back of my head i can hear that voice and like the mannerisms in which he speaks and i'm like that is another character what character is that i can't place it yeah i'll figure it out at some point fair enough that show's really good though and a hulu show like they're coming out with a few bangers lately because uh dr death was hulu as well Oh yeah, Pam and Tommy's coming out soon too. Yeah, so like, did you watch the trailer for that? No, I didn't. Okay, so like, I kind of didn't give a shit about that show, because it was like, Pam and Tommy, like, who cares? But I watched the trailer, and it was totally sold. Because also, um, the people behind it are fucking, who are they? It's like someone good behind it, like behind the scenes. I can't remember who, but and it has uh, Nick Offerman in it, like in another series role. Oh, really? Yeah. You should yeah. check out the trailer for it. I haven't seen the trailer. I'm I'm excited for it nonetheless. It's it's on my list. Like I'm you know I'm going to watch it when it comes out. But yeah. it comes out soon, I think. So <laughs> I started watching True Blood. 
Yeah, well, you've been talking about watching True Blood for months now, so I just kind of gave up on bringing it up. I thought you just gave up. So I actually started now, and I'm like halfway through season two? Partway through season two? That show's all right. It's not bad. It intensifies as it goes. Yeah. It's like the second season is like they're the fucking... Sookie's brother is, I think it's her brother, is now in like a fucking vampire killing cult. That's a church. Oh yeah, Jason. Yeah. That show's like not bad. It's, it's alright. I I quite liked it. I, did, I binged like the whole fucking thing when I got hooked into it. Yeah. I've like, I've kind of been throwing it on like kind of in the background and like slowly it's like grabbing my attention. It's super good. I really like it. Yeah, it's been a while. I can't remember all of the stuff, but it's it gets a lot crazier. And like when it started getting crazier, because like I mean, minor spoiler here, mm-hmm. like werewolves become yeah. a thing, and fairies and magical powers, and like all this other fucking stuff, right? And you're kind of like, oh, where are you guys going with this? But it actually all it all works out pretty fucking pretty nicely, and oh, it yeah. ended very nicely too. Oh, did like, it? Yeah, I was very happy with the whole the whole series. Yeah, because they've already introduced like shapeshifters. Yeah, I think in the first season, because the guy that owns the bar is one, mm-hmm. and she finds out she can like read minds, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, for like a a magical fucking vampire fairy werewolf kind of like universe, they do it pretty good with HBO, where it's just full of like unnecessary graphic content <laughs> yes i don't think there has been a single episode where someone hasn't been naked yet mm-hmm. <laughs> this is like back in like hbo's prime like every episode has got to have a sex scene mm-hmm. kind of era and i'm like sure all right yeah why not <laughs> yeah that show's all right like i've been enjoying it so yeah well wait wait till you get to the end yeah, i'm curious now and it's like, it's not crazy. Like, I like HBO how it's like, they don't do the fucking 22 episodes. Like, it's nice, like 10 episodes per season. Like, so it's not like a huge binge, but it's a. Yeah, it's still a sizable one. undertaking. Yeah. I did finally sit down to watch that Cop Shop movie you were talking about. Okay. So, what did you think about it? It was really good. Although, yeah. I, there had a lot of problems with it watching it. Sure, yeah. And, like, the story and the content itself and like all of it taking place inside the cop shop like that was still like i still enjoyed it yeah but there were just some things where it's like okay i'm just gonna brush this off and chalk it up that you guys are like small town fucking hillbilly-esque kind of fucking cops so you didn't really have to do cop training and don't have common sense because some of the things that those police officers do it's like (laughs) what in the fuck are you guys doing yeah yeah totally this doesn't make any fucking sense why would you do that and then like when that one really creepy skinny old guy comes in with the fucking balloons oh yeah yeah and just like kills this guy and then and then like the paramedics run in oh he's over there he took a fall and then like they run over there and it's like kill kill and then another guy comes in boom kills him too and it's like oh my god yeah and then the other cops that comes in and like there's fucking three or four dead bodies there now. <laughs> and one guy standing there. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like, and he's behind the counter where the computers are. Yeah, like, totally. It's like, 
yeah. immediate red fucking flag, draw your weapon, something's going on here. <laughs> yeah, totally. Totally. But I mean, all in all, it was it was still enjoyable. But it was just like, man, these are some of the stupidest police officers I've ever a, seen in a fucking movie. And I think they were meant to be, to be honest. So Yeah, it probably was written that way. But like that movie actually like I went into that movie with no expectations and not seeing like any trailers for it. Cause like I was like Friday morning, I was like looking for something to watch that night when I was done work and I was like, Oh, cop shop, what is this? And I was like, saw Gerald Butler and I was like, All right, sold. And just like threw it on randomly. And I was like, that was actually a really good, like random movie I stumbled upon. So, yeah, it was actually quite, quite pleasant. I quite enjoyed it. I don't know. I don't see it in our news. Oh, no, it is right here. This is something I wanted to talk about. All right. Ridley Scott in The Last Duel. And blaming millennials for its failure. Oh, my God. Did you fucking <laughs> watch that interview? I did not watch the interview, no. It's fucking... Oh, my God, dude. Is he just completely out of touch? Yeah, he really yeah. is. Like, yeah. he, he sits here and he, bl- and he blames millennials. And, and people don't want to see anything that's not on their phones. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, oh, my God. It's like... Or maybe, hear me out, I love Matt Damon, and yeah. I love Ben Affleck, I'm and it. and after seeing Free Guy, I'm a fan of Jodie Comer, or Comer, yeah. however you pronounce her last name. Yeah. I like all three of those people, but I mean, in the height of a pandemic, when some theaters are still open, some aren't, some are restricted, da-da-da-da-da, and your whole movie is centered around two guys who are dueling over a fucking rape accusation, like... Maybe, maybe people just didn't fucking care. Yeah, and it's like, to be honest, like, I like Ridley Scott. Like, I like the stuff he's done, but like, oh, he's blaming millennials for not going to see a movie that wasn't marketed to millennials. Mm -hmm. Like, he made a movie that is a period piece epic that does not, like, that genre does not cater to young people. So why are you blaming its failure on the people that it wasn't marketed to? But not it's not even just young people, man. Like, I mean, I always forget which fucking generation I fall into. I yeah, think I, I fall no into the, I think I fall into the millennial category, but I, I don't, don't know. know. I have no idea. Either way, I'm not some young kid attached to a cell phone, right? Like I'm in my fucking <clears throat> mid thirties. Yeah. Right? Like I'm not a I'm not a nineteen year old who watches everything only on my fucking phone and i had no interest in seeing that movie despite how much i love ben and matt and love seeing them when they're on the same fucking screen zero interest in seeing that so and like talking I, to my parents same thing they were like yeah we saw the trailer for that it didn't look very fucking good my parents are in their fucking 60s and then i work with guys that are you know not massive movie buffs but they watch a lot of movies and these guys are in their 40s and 50s and same thing. I, I asked them, like, have they ever heard of it? Have they seen the trailer for it after I saw all the nonsense about this interview? And it, same thing. They're like, yeah, I saw the trailer, but that just didn't look very good to me. So, like, I don't know what his demographic is. If, like, guys yeah. in their 30s, 40s, 50s, and 60s have no fucking interest in this movie, but you're going to sit there and blame the 20-something-year-olds because they won't watch anything that's not on their phone? Like, I don't know how much more out of touch a guy could fucking be. Yeah, I don't know. To be fair, like, I'm excited to watch this movie but I never watched it in theaters, but it comes to VOD, I think next week. So I'll watch it there. <laughs> and I have, I have no interest in 
seeing it. Like maybe one day if I'm super fucking bored, I'll be like, all right, let's finally see what this is about. But it is not on my list. Nowhere near the list of like the back catalog of films and stuff that I have to watch. See, I've been like struggling to find movies lately. So I'll, I'll likely watch this next Friday. Yeah. And I, like I said, I don't know if I ever will, but I think it's absolutely ridiculous for them to, and that seems to be the go-to. Like, I don't understand how people get these, you know, they get approval in the green light for massive budgets to film these things. And I don't know. It's like Hollywood just assumes like, well, my budget's 500 million. I have Matt Damon. I have Ben Affleck, two A plus Hollywood stars. This movie is a surefire fucking thing. And it's like, no, see, now with Netflix and Disney Plus and Prime and Hulu and like all this other stuff, it's not about a budget and who's in the no. film anymore. You actually need a, a story yep. that is fucking interesting enough to get someone to watch it. And unfortunately, and, I don't think this was. Yeah, and like the it's it's funny too, because like you saying that like the studios also use old metrics of success mm-hmm. or a new age problem that those metrics don't apply to and this actually reminds me there was uh, i think it's uh, a variety like their youtube channel does a series and it's like actors talking about like their 10 most like influential movies mm-hmm. and there's one with matt damon and he's actually talking about it and it was right around the time Stillwater came out yeah. and he was actually talking about this very thing because he was talking about uh like his early movies and how he was like yeah those movies like completely tanked the box office they didn't make money, but we made it up on the back end when it came to VHS sales mm-hmm. and like rentals. He was like, it ended up being that that was the metric of cult success. And he even talks in that interview. He's like, and today he's like, that is even more weirder because like VOD is not like a big percentage of it, but like the back end streaming rights that you can get are totally are. So he's yeah. like, in this day and age, it's so hard to judge like a film success like he even admitted like it, it's super hard to like tell whether your movie's doing good or if it's going to do good because it could blow up on streaming like a year later so yeah well and that's that is absolutely the case mm-hmm. is i think it's i think a lot of the guys running the fucking studios in hollywood are still old fucking guys and they're mm-hmm. still trying to fucking make their bucks make their bank like they used to in the fucking 90s and early 2000s when you didn't have such a wide availability of options to see stuff totally that's that's just it like i mean like it would be impossible to watch every single thing that is on netflix or prime or let alone all of them together Mm -hmm. and then so now you have people who have you know thousands and thousands of movie titles and thousands and thousands of TV series at the click of their fingers in the comfort of their own home. Yeah. And you want them and they you pay gotta, $20 a month yeah. for unlimited access to this. And you want them to go to the theater and shell out $20 a month or $20 in one go yep. to see whatever it is you're pitching. Like you're going to have to stand out. Yeah. And it's like, and it's funny too. Cause like you think like back in the blockbuster days, like we grew up, you know, during that era you know, it, like it was kind of the same thing. You would walk into a blockbuster on like a Friday and you would just browse the movies and be like, all right, what are we going to watch this weekend? Right. Yeah. And it was at that point, like at that time, it was cover art and the back of the VHS is what you got for information. There was mm-hmm. no trailers like there is now today. Yeah. You would just look at the cover and go like, oh, I recognize that actor. And you would flip it over and go like, oh, that sounds interesting. And then you would rent it. Yeah. Or maybe it, you'd rent it and you would see trailers at the beginning of yeah, your rental totally. for some other stuff yeah, you'd like. Totally. 
and it's like it's that problem compounded by like a million today yeah well because I mean, everything is just available yeah but it but that's the thing though it's never like those people's fault it's always the audience no, yeah. no there's something wrong with the audience everyone should have watched this they're fucking out of touch and stupid and don't know good entertainment it's the whole like Spielberg being yeah. a fucking baby about Netflix not being allowed to get any Academy oh, yeah. Awards for it's making like movies. Fucked. Yeah, like fuck you. Like go yeah. fuck yourself. But it was also no different than like I can think of two examples off the top of my head. One being the Charlie's Angels reboot. Okay. And Elizabeth Banks directed that. And right. when it bombed at the box office, she blamed it that people didn't that like our generation and like the younger generation and stuff, they just they had no interest in seeing strong female lead characters, and that's why that movie bombed. And then everyone, everyone was like, um, do you not remember Charlie's Angels 1, 2, and 3 with like yeah. with uh, Lucy Liu and like all those yeah. people? Because they did fairly well. How and about like fucking the Ocean, Hannah series? How about Ocean's the, 8 did gangbusters, and it was actually a really good movie. Yeah, so like a bunch of people were pointing out to all these like all-female, and it's just like yeah, look at all these examples of female-led films and TV series over the last like five to ten years that did phenomenally well. So it has nothing to do with people don't want to watch a female fucking cast because that's you just not made it. a bad movie. Yeah, lo and behold, you made a bad movie, and it's same thing with fucking yeah. when they rebooted Ghostbusters with the all-female cast. Like it, it wasn't good. Yeah. In my personal opinion, it was not a good movie. I did not feel like it was true to Ghostbusters. I feel like they tried to play off of and get all the hype and all the fans from the Ghostbusters films prior and then just put a quirky female cast in there. Mm-hmm. And it it didn't fucking work. And like you could and nope, nope, it didn't work because fucking it, no one wants to see strong female characters in the lead and it's like no, you just made a shitty fucking movie. Yeah, I'm sorry. Admit that you made a bad movie. It's all right. Yeah. <laughs> People it do it all the time. <laughs> bad movies are a fucking thing. Yes. Uh, you're you're able to make a bad movie and admit it. Like Yeah, I don't know. When like I, I look at Elizabeth Banks and I can't remember who directed the the all female Ghostbusters reboot, but like take accountability that like yeah. yeah, your script wasn't up to fucking snuff. Your the way you filmed it wasn't that fucking great. Your edit yep. wasn't that great. Your story wasn't that great. Like Mhm. Like you get when you're a kid and you grow up, you're always told like when you make a mistake, like admit it, take onus yeah. for it, and then like totally. move move on. But for some reason, these people they make a film, and if it bombs, it's everybody's fault but their own because yeah. they made a masterful piece of art. Totally, and it's woke culture or whatever the fuck the new buzzword is that day. That's the reason that the movie <laughs> bombed. And it's like, no, I'm totally. sorry. I'll just tell you, your movie sucked. Yeah. It bombed because it sucked. Totally, and it's like I get it. Like art is subjective, but like. When you make something that is universally, people are like, that wasn't good. You can't just stay there and say, no, it's good. Because I like it. It's like, yeah, sure, you like it, but yeah, your audience didn't. Yeah. And, so. and you know what? I'm 100% certain that this new Ghostbusters Afterlife movie is going to do very, very well. Okay, so I can talk about that because I saw it. Did you? Yeah. Don't don't spoiler it too much because I haven't seen it yet. It's worth a watch. So it's good. I in I had some problems with it. I think the first two acts of that movie are fantastic. I think how that movie ends, I do not like. 
Fair enough. But all in all, as someone that straight up does not give a fuck about Ghostbusters at all, I don't even remember the first one. I don't think I've seen the second one. I don't care about Ghostbusters, but I really enjoyed most of that movie, except for the end. Oh, there you go. Yeah. I think it's definitely worth a watch, especially if you're a Ghostbusters fan. And I am a Ghostbusters fan. And I've watched every trailer, and I'm excited for that movie, which is more than I can say when they did the female reboot. And it's nothing to do with the fact that it was a female reboot. Because I, I, yes, I saw the trailer for it, and I was like, this doesn't look like it's very good. Had yeah. nothing to do with who was in it. Yeah. It had everything to do with the plot. And sure yeah. shit, when I sat down and watched it, I went, yeah, I don't like this. Totally. Totally. I think you'll like the new Ghostbusters. I, I'm pretty confident I will. And I'm yeah. very excited to watch it. I am. It's just since we're talking about stuff that fucking sucks. I watched that new season of Tiger King. I got two episodes in and it just didn't hit me like the first. It, it's it, That does not need a second season. And they really want a second season to work, but it super does not. Well, like the whole premise of the first one, I shouldn't say premise, but like the first one comes out and a lot of people hadn't even heard of Joe Exotic. So they haven't heard of anything that's going on, this wild story. And if you're not like Googling stuff while you're watching Tiger King, because some people do, they'll be like, I need to know more about this. You find out like, okay, he's arrested, he's in jail. But I mean, like, I know people who watch Tiger King who, like, just watched it because it was good, never bothered to look into the backstory or, like, any of the other true stuff about this. So they got to, like, you know, however far in when he gets arrested and thrown in jail, and they were shocked. It was like, what? He's in jail now? But, like, where do you fucking go from here? Like, he's still in fucking jail. Mm -hmm. There's been no new fucking breaks because Tiger King was so big that if Joe Exotic got out, you would know. Oh, totally. So, like... You know going into the second season, okay, we know Joe doesn't get out. So, like, showing us all this stuff of them trying to get a presidential pardon and try to, like, change his case and get him out of jail. Like, you know none of that fucking comes into anything. So, like, the whole thing's just like, oh, well, where are these two now? And what's Carol Baskin doing? And, like, those are all side pieces to the main circus show that was Joe. Yeah. It just... I don't know. It feels like they're like, yeah, maybe we can capitalize on this. Let's just go talk to these people again, see what they're doing now and see mm-hmm. their lives. It's like an after documentary of like, oh, has Tiger King affected your life since the release? Yeah. Which we kind of got when Joel McHale did that like interview mm-hmm. series after Tiger King. So it's yeah. like, yeah, it hasn't been super interesting to me. Well, it's, it, it suffers from the problem of like any. So if you think of any true crime docuseries, can you name one that has a second season? Yes. Which one? Making a Murderer. Was the second season good? Yes. Yeah. I did, I did enjoy both those seasons. Yes, because the second season had updates. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the only way you can do a second season with true crime, is if there's tangible updates like that. Tiger King decided to do a second season where there was absolutely nothing new from the first season. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> there's also that one that fucking Eddie Vedder from Pearl Jam was involved in. Oh, I don't remember that one. Oh, they did. Fuck, what was it called? They did three or four movies, like documentary movies about it. No, weird. Uh, he was a, I'll find it. 
But the, like, yeah, sorry, carry on while I look. But like inherently, that's the problem with like doing like adding to a true crime story is like unless there's a like an interesting update or a new update, there's no point in doing it, which is why no one does it. Mm-hmm. And then Netflix went, hey, everyone like Tiger King. And it's like, and it's funny because they even alluded to this as the second season opened. They were like, hey, it was a pandemic. Everyone was trapped inside. So they all just latched onto this new thing, which was like the timing of the show. And it's like, they are exactly right in that. But that doesn't mean that, like a second season will be good because you're not showing us anything new. So, yeah. I know. Like, I finished that whole season, and, like, I remember, like, staring at my screen going, like, like, what did I watch? Like, like I know nothing more than I knew after the first season. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it was like, huh? It was like, and, like, the updates, they try to, like, I guess, like, appeal as, like, air quotes, like, hey, this is the exciting new thing, like, are not, like, I look at that as someone that watches a lot of true crime, and I go, like, that's not, that's not an update at all. Like, that means nothing. Yeah. (laughs) Three films, Paradise Lost, Paradise Lost 2, and Paradise Lost 3. Okay. It was all about the West Memphis 3. Oh, shit, Okay. So, but that is also like a case of like the West Memphis three, like that has had so many updates over the years, right? Yeah. Because that is such a, um, like that's also a case of like possible wrongful convictions and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like those cases like definitely warrant like updates as they're like, hey, actually it turns out that a bunch of the shit from the seventies doesn't hold up today. Like yeah. there's like... I listen to an obscene amount of true crime podcasts, like an unhealthy amount. Like I've probably listened to like 200 like random like episodes and series. And it's like the ones that get updates after the fact are either ongoing cases or stuff that was like back in the day where they're like, Hey, actually now that we can test the DNA, right. You know? So it's like, and that just doesn't translate to Tiger King at all. (laughs) So it's, yeah. Yeah, I don't know if I'll even bother to finish watching the rest of that season because it just it wasn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Like it's it it just gets it gets worse as it goes because they try to like focus each ep. There's six episodes and they try to focus like each episode on a different person. So like it it's it's a mess. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <sighs> All right. Well then. Let's move on to something that I fucking came across that I'm beyond excited about. All right. Hit me with it. That, uh, what's her name from American Horror Story and, uh, Jenna Ortega from You are going to do that fucking haunted mansion killer movie with the Foo Fighters. This is, I didn't read this article beforehand. Ooh, this, buddy. this has my, uh, this is intriguing me. So, The gist of the article is legendary rock and roll band Foo Fighters. They have secretly shot a full-length feature horror comedy movie. Okay. Which Dave Grohl has called the best-kept secret for the last two years. All right. So it has Leslie Grossman from American Horror Story. All right. And Jenna Ortega from You. 
All the right. film follows the band, the Foo Fighters, who play themselves yeah. when they rent an Encino mansion steeped in rock and roll history to record their 10th album. Okay. The problems start when Dave Grohl can't seem to write anything, but when evil forces in the house sink into his consciousness, the creative juices begin flowing, but so does the blood. So can the Foo Fighters complete the album, and will the band still be alive at the end to tour? All right. I'm down for this. Sounds weird as fuck. And they filmed it. It's a full-length fucking horror movie, and they've been sitting on this thing for 10 years. 10 years? 10, or two years, sorry. Oh, shit. That's actually kind of cool. Yeah. I'm, I'm down for this. So... Oh, I like that poster. I just scrolled down. That looks like this looks like campy horror, which is exactly what I want. And then they got Whitney Cummings and oh, Will shit. Forte fucking in All the right. movie as well. All right. I'm sold. This poster looks like some real like cabin in the woods, like campy dumbass yeah. like horror vibes that I am like so fucking into. <laughs> That's like right up my alley. Yeah. So like I came across this and I was like, yeah. I 100% want to watch this. February. I want to watch this now. Not like not that far away either. No. Huh. That's cool. I, I'm kind of now like super low-key excited about that. Yeah. Well, I, I fucking Dave Grohl is like a fascinating human being. To yeah. Me. Yeah. And he seems like a really decent human being too. Yeah. Well, did you ever watch like, are you super into music? Like it's kind of it like a, when you a ask, hit and miss. It depends when you ask me. There's like certain times of the year where I get super into it, and then there's like times where I just like haven't opened my Spotify in six months. Okay, fair enough. Well, um, he, Dave Grohl did a show for HBO a while back. It was called Sonic Highways. Okay, and the whole premise of that is it's like a, it's a documentary series. So he goes around the the U.S to some of like the most landmark recording studios okay. in those cities or towns. Okay. And they go through the history of the music studio, the bands that used to record there and like all that kind of stuff. And then every stop he makes, he finds a look like he takes a local artist from who records in there normally now. And they sit down and they write a song and they record a song together. Oh shit. That's cool. Yeah, so like the one that I really, really loved, and I'm biased because I'm a massive Death Cab for Cutie fan, is they go to this famous recording studio in Seattle where like Nirvana recorded Alice in Chains and Pearl Jam and all this other stuff. And like it's quite the studio too. Like they do the tour and tell you the history and stuff. And then at the end, Dave Grohl and Benjamin Gibbard of Death Cab for Cutie sit down, they write a song together, and they record it. So the end of every episode ends with a brand new song that Dave Grohl records with another artist particular to that music studio. Hmm. I kind of want to check that out now. And it was, it was actually like incredibly fascinating, especially like if for someone who loves music to like see yeah. some of these studios and you're like, wow, that's, yeah, that's crazy. And then you get the added of like, like, I don't know, had this documentary come out, I don't think there ever would have been a point in time where like Dave Grohl and Benjamin Gibbard sat down and did a song together. Probably not. No but they like blend their styles. Like when like the, the one I'm talking about in specific, when you listen to it, you can like hear Benjamin Gibbard's death cab kind of influence at the yep. same time as Dave Grohl's like rock and roll Nirvana Foo Fighters influence. And they blend it very nicely together. It was, 
That's actually really cool. I kind of want to really check that out now. Yeah, it was it was pretty impressive. It was very well done, and I like I thoroughly enjoyed it. I always secretly hoped that they would do another season where they explore more. What is it called Recor- again? Sonic Highways. I'm gonna add that before I forget. So that actually sounds like really cool. Yeah, it was it was pretty it was pretty impressive. That's a cool idea. Okay. Do we really need a Roadhouse remake? Uh, I don't know. I like Jake Gyllenhaal, but I mean, like, Roadhouse is a timeless classic. I mean... Uh, I fucking love Roadhouse. Who doesn't? Like, who doesn't? It's amazing. But, like, okay, so here's here's the thing. Jake Gyllenhaal and Doug Liman, that's a rock star team up for an action movie. I'm... I might be on board with this. I don't know. I think you're going to, I think there's going to be a lot of backlash. I think this is like, Oh, there's totally. Those, there's totally. those few movies that exist throughout time that people have such incredibly fond movies of, even if they don't hold up today, mm-hmm. you're like, when I was younger, that movie was amazing. And you don't want to see anything else done about it. Cause for fear that it's going to be fucking. Well, it's like, tarnished. imagine if someone came out tomorrow and said, Hey, we're remaking back to the future. People would go, fuck off. Don't touch it. Mm-hmm. Right? And, like, I think this is kind of up there with, with like, not as much as, like, Back to the Future, but but it's, like, up there is, like, maybe you don't touch this? Yeah, and, and see, I'm on board with certain genres being remade. Sure. Like, Dune, right? Because sure. the stuff you can do now with mm-hmm. CGI and shit would make that like you know it would improve the film tenfold because you could do so much more yes but if we're talking just like a fucking action flick where you're beating the shit out of dudes in a bar like you don't need more impressive cgi for that right like so i like i agree and it's like but the part of me that is like secretly like how could this not like how could this not be not good is like jake gyllenhaal is amazing Doug Lyman has got a really impressive resume of movies. Like everything I've seen from him, I pretty well liked. You know, we're talking Mr. and Mrs. Smith, Edge of Tomorrow, American Made. I want to say he was also involved in some of the Bourne movies. Like, eh, I don't this... know though, because just because a good team up, like because uh, Hall and what's his name when they did that fucking Netflix call center movie. Yeah, but I so I, I really like li- that. I, I really it was, liked it. I did not like it. True, we're on different pages than that one. So, yeah, you're but on like, the wrong side of history. Fair enough. But like, okay, so what does a modern day roadhouse fucking look like? Nothing. I I I'm. I could go like I'll watch it like yeah, when it totally. gets put out there like I'm gonna watch it but like yeah. right now with with no like official script no trailers no teasers no nothing just going okay they're remaking Roadhouse where Jake Gyllenhaal is gonna take on the role that Patrick Swayze is so infinite infamously known for playing as of right now I'm siding on the I don't know if this should be done I, so this is where I'm so torn because like if you ask me on a different day, I'll probably be like, this should never be touched again. Like, toss this script in the fucking dumpster and fucking leave Roadhouse alone. 
And then like he asked me on a different day and I'm like, eh, that could maybe work. So I don't know. Well, I, I like to point out how ballsy it is on Jake Gyllenhaal's part. Yeah. Cause like totally. this, this isn't like a, Oh, I'm playing this high profile, like extremely expensive role where like everything has to come together. Nice. Like you're, you're going up against fucking fans and the nostalgia factor yeah. and like never ever under underestimate people's yep. nostalgia for past movies that they grew up watching. Mm -hmm. So like, even if this movie hypothetically is really well done, stays true and is basically a shot for shot remake, but with modern cinema tricks and what yeah. have you, it's still an uphill battle for the people that are like, why would you do this? There's only yep. one fucking roadhouse. There's only one and it's Patrick Swayze. Mm -hmm. That's it. Why would you do this? Yep. It, it, well, it's, it's, it's what happened with, um, so like with the Disney remakes, cause they're remaking like all their live action versions. Right. And I think some of those work really well because they're retelling stories for a new generation. But like that happened with Aladdin. They were, were like, and to be fair, I really like the Aladdin remake like a lot, but a lot of people were like, fuck you, Will Smith. You are not the genie. Right? Okay. So I understand where you're coming from with that yeah. to an extent because Robin Williams is Robin Williams. Yep. That being said, I think it doesn't fall into the same category because we're talking about making a cartoon into a live True. action. True. So you're not just remaking, but you're like reshifting. Mm -hmm. Like if they were like, oh, you know what? We liked Roadhouse so much. We're going to make it into a fun cartoon where Jake yeah, Gyllenhaal true. voices the thing. Sure. That would yeah. be a bit of a different story. Yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't sure. want a Roadhouse cartoon no. with Jake Gyllenhaal voicing the main. But no. that being said, like you're it's not the same as a fucking straight up remake. No. Because right? you're you're changing the format. Mm hmm. And like what worked with like the Aladdin thing is like Will Smith like did his own take on the genie and I think it worked really well. Like yeah, they didn't good. try I mean, like, I'm still like, gonna say Robin Williams was my was oh, a better genie, but I mean I don't fault Will yeah. Smith. No. Like he, he made it his own, which I think is like the only way to do that stuff is like we're not gonna do the same character, we're gonna kinda spin it a little bit. You know. But also at the same time, like if you try to spin the character, like Swayze's character in Roadhouse to like do it different, I don't think that movie works. No, I like you'd have to be pretty on point. And then yeah. like, I think if you're going to satisfy the original Roadhouse fans, you're well, first and foremost, there's half of them you'll never satisfy totally. because they only you'll see Swayze in their mind. Mm -hmm. The closest thing that you could get would be to like almost doing a shot for shot remake in modern day times with like better cinematography and lighting and all that kind of shit, better sound effects, what have you. And I'm sure you'd win a portion of the crowd over, but then you're still going to have the diehards that are like, no. So, so there's one scene that they would have to get right that would either make or break whether people are going to enjoy the movie. And that is Swayze's initial speech when he's at the bar, right? Like the, mm -hmm. the one everyone remembers when he's talking to the fucking, all the employees shortly after he gets there and he's like, these are the rules. And it's like that whole monologue, right? Which is like the whole like introduction to his character in that movie. And it's what makes him such an awesome character, right? So it's like, they're going to have to nail that. So it's, yeah, it's weird. Yeah. And I'm also curious, is this going to be a reboot? Or a remake. 
They're saying the title says remake. Yeah. So like, I also think that's a dangerous game. I think they would have more success and less fan outrage if they were like, we're going to do a new modern day, modern day fucking reboot. Like Jake Gyllenhaal is somehow like Swayze's kid or something. It doesn't even necessarily have to be linked to that, but it could be like something like that. The same plot, the same premise. And just like a different kind of character name or whatever, right? But like to do a straight up remake. So like when I hear remake, then I hear, you know, he's going to play James Dalton. He's going to be this bar bouncer. Yep. They even say that in the article. I think that is going to be more problematic and a bigger challenge than if they were to do Mm -hmm. just a straight up, excuse me, a reboot. Yeah. Like, what are some... uh, I just had one on the top of my head and I just fucking forgot it of some other movies that they've rebooted but didn't remake and they were not terrible and didn't face as much fucking outrage. One that I think of is like um, when they rebooted Power Rangers. I actually really liked that new one. I don't know if I saw that. Um, I I actually really like it. Um, but yeah, there's there's been a few recently. Like I'm pretty sure. Well, like I mean, what was Footloose? You, they rebooted Footloose, right? But it was more of a reboot than a remake. I mean, you liked the the new Tomb Raider movie a lot more than I did, so you could say that. Yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed that. I think Alicia Vikander is phenomenal in that role. I think she is too. I just think that movie is bad. Again, you're allowed to be on the wrong side of history. I'm on the right side, baby. Either way, it'll be yeah. uh, super interesting to see how this fucking pans out. That is for sure. Yes, I am like, just like, imagine five years ago, someone said, yo, in five years, you're going to read an article that says Jake Gyllenhaal is going to be Dalton from Broadhouse. I would have been like, get the fuck out of here. Exactly. <laughs> and that's still kind of how I feel right now. Yeah. Yeah. Some things just shouldn't be. I know. So you're going to click this How I Met Your Mother one? Yeah, I haven't really heard fuck all about this. No. So th- this is cool because they're using that Disney tech that uses like the, the big wraparound screens with the Unreal Engine. Yeah. And I... I'm sure that like two people listening to this podcast probably hate that I bring it up like every few episodes whenever someone else uses it, but it's amazing technology that cuts production like basically in half. So. And we got a cast photo. Yeah, I see that. I still don't know how I feel about this. I I don't know either. Like I'll check it out because like, why not? But it's weird because like this has no relation to the original show other than name only right yeah so it's like yeah which is ridiculous i i still think that they like it's unfortunate that it all kind of like fell through but i still would have liked to have seen the how i met your father where they do everything from what's her side yeah yeah but that also like uh so I, I totally get why they didn't do that because like at the end of the day how they ended How I Met Your Mother is like the 
the whole show was about how he met her, but really the ending of that show is like him getting back with a Robin. So it's like, I get why they didn't do that perspective. Yeah, but gets back together with Robin years after his wife passes away. Yeah, because they wrote it. Yeah, yeah, it's not like, oh, yeah, he ends up with Robin anyway, leaves his fucking wife and divorces her. And true. Like, so a little bit of a different story, but I still 100% think that you could burn off five or six seasons where she's doing all of her stuff around New York and then it culminates into her and Ted getting married. And then you do a season where it's like their last year together before she unfortunately passes. And then that's how you wrap up the show. Totally. Like shows, there are tons of shows that wrap up because a character passes away. So totally fucking doable. My concern is, is like what I love so much about how I met your mother is the jokes. Yeah. And how do you, how do you do those jokes today? Yeah. That's kind of what I was th- like last, like it, it's still yeah. one of my go-to throw on the background when I like yeah. go to bed and I'm playing on my phone it just so happens last night it was on yeah. while I was like going to bed and yep. yeah, same thing where it's just like, I don't know if you could get away with saying that or doing that. Uh, you, you, I don't think you can. And especially cause this is Disney, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, cause that, yeah, like that is also the thing is like, can you like, there's no way you can have the character Barney today. Right. Yeah, probably not. You know, like that would get a bunch of backlash. You know, so it's like, how do they do? Yeah, I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm curious. Right. Like, I'm not saying this needs to be a fucking super adult centered no. No, thing, no. but my fear is it's far too family. You know, yeah. like like they they do it in the comedy stylings of like Big Bang Theory or something like that, or where it's yeah, like, or Eight Simple Rules for Dating mm-hmm. My Daughter, like yeah. one of those where it's like once in a while it's like a joke where like mm-hmm. maybe the kids don't understand it and the parents will low key get it, yeah, but the bulk of it is is definitely geared towards a family, yeah, or like the 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 wide cast of like humor that like hey someone will laugh at this, yeah, you know, whereas like How I Met Your Mother was like very much a, like you'll get this if you are like basically the age of the people in the show right yeah you know where it's like yeah i totally relate to going to a bar with friends after work and having the same conversations they did right like most people in that age range probably had that right so mm-hmm. so yeah I'm, I'm curious yeah well i mean i guess we're probably not too far out on it now so we'll see how it pans out and did they did they give us a release date at all uh, I didn't see one, but I just assumed if they're filming with that fucking stage production will yeah. be pretty quick and they'll have it out within the next year. Totally. Totally. Now I'm, like, now, like, speaking of production and stuff like that, like, all these reshoots happening on Doctor Strange? So this one is super weird because, like, reading up on this, some people say this is totally on point for Marvel movies and that it happens all the time. And some people are maybe saying that, like, like I don't know if this is bad or not. Six weeks or more, yeah, of reshooting—that's fucking sizable. Mm-hmm. That—that's a sizable amount. Like, what are they reshooting? Like, and why are they reshooting? Is it just like, oh, some of these scenes don't work, or with like Spider-Man coming out, they're like, oh, we need to go in a different angle. I'm also super curious if a bunch of these reshoots have anything to do with 
I don't know, Scarlett Johansson or other Marvel characters renegotiating and stepping down from their roles where it's like, oh, okay, now we can include this thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's where all my questions come from. Yeah, it's weird because like if you like kind of scroll through this article, some people say like it's like multiple factors like COVID and scheduling is like kind of why they're doing a bunch of reshoots. Other people are saying like, hey, they're retooling some of the story. So it's like, and if it's, if, if you're doing reshoots for retooling the story that can either work really good or not, you know, it all depends what the story was before. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's weird. Yeah. It has me slightly concerned, but I guess I shouldn't be too concerned because it's still like over a year away from being released, but thought it was my first initial thought was like, are they reshooting scenes because of different people leaving yeah. Marvel. Yeah, totally. Like, is someone from the first Doctor Strange all of a sudden not coming back? Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, like that doesn't seem to be the case. You know, but... Yeah. But, Speaking yeah, of, uh, like, lawsuits and Scarlett Johansson's, so the, I think we talked about this a while back, The Walking Dead, so, like, Frank Darabont won that lawsuit. They yep. got a bunch of the profits back. <laughs> so AMC um, decided to like, where is it here? It's like laughably hilarious. So AMC settled that lawsuit with Frank Darabont for like 200 million. And then they came back and filed like, from what I can tell, an injunction, which was basically like, we would like to uh, throw that out. Um, because this is setting a precedent with a bunch of other producers that we have, and we're afraid they're going to now sue us too for profits. Seriously. <laughs> yeah. And reading on this, uh, Frank Darabont and his legal team said, well, get fucked. You agreed to this, and it's already set in stone in the courts. So, how about you pound sand? Oh my God. <laughs> uh. Yeah, they are. AMC is concerned with the most favored nation clauses in it in the contracts of executive producers entitled to profit participation, and they say it's possible that Darabont's two hundred million dollar settlement means that Kirkman and a bunch of other individuals can now pursue the same claim. So they are looking to basically rescind everything. So what I'm hearing is they get talent, they sign these deals that say you're entitled to profits if the show does well. The show does well, they don't fucking pay them. They go, hold on, motherfucker. This show is a smashing success. You're making tons of money. You owe me what was promised in my contract. And they go, no, we don't want to pay it because like we're enjoying the money that we're getting. And now they're like, oh, shit. We made these deals with lots of people. And now these people are realizing they actually are owed the fucking profits that we originally promised them in contract like i okay yeah. fuck, fuck amc i've got no fucking sympathy for them here yeah th- this is like a great line from kirkman and his legal team is like they responded to this and they said um nowhere in any of the contracts because uh, they wanted like amc wants them to come into arbitration to settle this and they basically came back and said nowhere in any contract in any one of our parties mentions arbitration and they go specifically all of the contracts specifically in legal wording says any actions will be settled in the court of law 
And so they basically said, AMC, go fuck yourself. Yeah. See you in court, you fucking dumb motherfuckers. Yeah. You want to settle this? Come back to court. Arbitration is not happening. Well, well, maybe this is the fucking beginning of the end for AMC. Could be. It's like, it's just hilarious that it's like, it's like take back seasons as a kid where like AMC was like, all right, we'll settle this. And they're like, oh shit, wait, I actually want that game now. I have it back. Yeah. Uh, changed our mind. I thought this was going to go in our favor. And now that it hasn't, can we just like mulligan this? Yeah. Can we just like start over and the legal team is like, no, you can get fucked. <laughs> yeah. Fuck the fuck AMC for this bullshit, man. Like yeah. if you, it's, it's yeah. And it's like, I'm happy. Like, that some of these contracts nowadays don't have arbitration because arbitration is super bad or it can be super bad. Like, I don't know if you ever watched, uh, there was a documentary about how like binding arbitration for employees is like super fucked up in some cases. Mm -hmm. And it was a documentary about, Oh shit. It was one of the big oil companies. And like the documentary was about, uh, like a bunch of employees for that company that were like getting super fucked up in overseas camps like raped and stuff like that by like other employees and shit and they would and they would like come back and they they would be like yeah so like i want to like file a lawsuit because like your employees and like my managers like fucking raped me and they would be like well your employment contract is binding arbitration and it's based on the like legal representatives that we choose so the arbitration would like go forward and they would basically like hand a contract on the table for the employee and be like, you can have $5,000 and we're going to fire you. And that's it. Like, and you can't take this to court because you signed your employment agreement. And so they would basically have to do this and like would never be able to get resolution. And that's what the documentary was about. God. Yeah. It was crazy. A super greasy fucking move. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah, well, fuck AMC. Fuck yeah. AMC for trying to do that then. Yeah, no kidding. I'd If I was in their shoes, I'd absolutely be like, yeah, no, we're going to sit in front of a fucking judge. Yeah, I'm trying to remember what that documentary was called now because it was actually really good. I don't remember what it was called, though. Yeah, I've never heard of that. It was really good. I want to say it was HBO, maybe? Hmm. Well, if you think of it, you'll have to let me know. Now I'm really curious because it's actually really good. Speaking of interesting documentaries and HBO, Mm -hmm. did you watch that What Happened to Brittany Murphy? I have not. Pretty fucking fascinating. Is it? Is it good? Yeah. So just like off the top of your head right now, without looking anything up, how did Brittany Murphy die? I have no idea. What would you suspect? What do you, off the top of your head, like what do you think you remember? Drug overdose? Yeah, that's what I thought too. Nope, not a drug overdose. Huh. Looks okay. like the fucking culprit was fucking mold in the house. What? Yeah. She she technically died from uh, pneumonia. Okay. Yeah. So, so like, it's such a wild fucking ride because it, okay. shows, it shows Brittany Murphy and, like, there's videos and stuff of her as a kid and, like, how she came up. She was raised by a single mom and her mom moved her and her daughter out to LA because like her daughter wanted to be an actress and she gets her big break in some movies and ends up in Clueless which was like the the catapult into like her super fame yeah and she's like a a young girl who just wants to find love a 
like in real life. And so she dates a few people and they don't end up working out. Then she ends up dating this guy and I can't remember his name, but he's a playwright from the UK and they start dating very shortly after they get married. And then this guy is incredibly controlling. Like they talk about it to the point where like certain movies, like he was the only one who was allowed to like do her makeup and stuff. He did her hair. He did her makeup. Like he was that controlling when they had a couple of the people from King of the Hill, when she was still voice voicing Luann on King of the Hill. Okay. Yeah. That she would come in, sit down, read her lines. And when it was time for a lunch break, she would leave, go sit in her car with her husband for an hour, not talk to anyone, and then when her break was up, go from the car back inside, record her lines, get back in the car and leave. Like that's how controlling wow. this guy was. Okay. Yeah. He effectively became her agent, her manager, her hair and makeup stylist, like everything. Wow. She didn't even have her own cell phone. If you wanted to get a hold of Brittany Murphy, what? you had to get through this guy. And this oh, guy shit. would decide if he fucking let you talk to Brittany. Or if he was going to pass any information on to Britney. Wow. And yeah. So then they interview some like producers and some directors that like worked with her on the last couple of films that they did. And they're all like, yeah, no, it was weird. She wasn't herself. Like I worked with her on this movie five years ago and it was a completely different person. Wow. And he controlled her diet, like how much she ate, what she ate, like all of it. It was it's incredibly fucking crazy. And then eventually she just ends up collapsing in the bathroom and she dies and everyone suspects overdose. And then it turns out it was some kind of like pneumonia. And then short, like you'd have to see the, the, he sits down and he does an interview with Larry King on CNN with Britney's mother after Britney passed away. Okay. And it's so fucking eerie and cringy. Because it's not like a, a husband and mother-in-law sitting down talking about the loss of someone they love. Yeah. It's kind of like two parents sitting down talking about how they lost a daughter. Oh, God. That's creepy then, as hell. Yeah. And then there's like other stuff that like for a while there after Brittany passed away, because <clears throat> they all lived together. It was him, Brittany, and Brittany's mom. Okay. And he controlled everything. The finances, oh, wow. all of it. Oh, wow. And like at some point... He says is in an interview that like Britney's mom has been sleeping in the same bed as as him because like she's like super heartbroken about what? losing the daughter. Shortly after Britney's death, they do like a photo shoot, like a we're here together and we support like I support my daughter and he's like I support my now deceased wife. But like the photos they do together are almost like creepy, cringy couple photos. So like they're fucking now, right? No, I bet <laughs> never it never explicitly states that. <laughs> But like you watch it and you're like they're totally fucking. Yeah, that's definitely impression I got. I was like, these two like are they together now? This yeah. is really weird. I kind of really want to watch this. It sounds like a fascinating train wreck. Yeah, and then low. So she ends up she dies, and it ends up being from pneumonia. And a lot of people blame him because I guess there was like lots of clear signs that like she was oh, sick. And, and I guess at some it. point someone said like take her to the hospital, but he has all the control. So it was like no, we'll give her some fucking meds. She'll be fine. And then she ended up dying. And then I don't oh, remember shit. exactly how long after. It wasn't very long after Brittany passed away. And when Brittany died, she died on the bathroom floor in the master bedroom. Okay. And however long after, he dies in the same spot in the master bedroom bathroom. Also from like acute fucking pneumonia. Okay. And then they find out like after the fact, like the house is riddled with black mold. And that might have been a contributing factor. 
some huh. of the people who do autopsies like, oh, we didn't find spores, so I don't think that's it. But I mean, two people living in fucking LA where it doesn't rain and it's always hot and they like never leave their house and they both die of like some weird like pneumonia. Right. And then we come to find out that like what's even wilder about this guy is he claims, you know, that he was a billionaire, that he had all this money and da 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 da. And he was a playwright from the UK and shit like that. And then you find out like after the fact, like now he's dead and stuff. It turns out he's actually super broke. He like runs Ponzi schemes. He owes a bunch of people money. The reason he was controlling her finances was because he was taking money that she was making and using that to pay off some of these old, you know, bait and switch things that he had on the go so that no one would come public after him. And the reason that once they married, they kind of like they very they stayed out of the limelight very much like you didn't see them around town together. Right. And that's because when you're dating a high profile celebrity like Brittany Murphy, you know, if this guy fucking screwed me out of, you know, a million dollars a couple years ago and I don't know where to find him. Well, now he's on the front page of fucking Us <laughs> Weekly with Brittany Murphy. Yeah, yeah, I can find this guy. So that was part of the reason they kept everything. Oh, shit. Hidden and, and low key and. Then they find out that, like, at one point, he, he's he been married before. He married some girl in France. Oh, shit. Okay. And got her pregnant and had a kid with her. And then you find out that he fucking had to go somewhere because he had spinal cancer. So he's going to get this experimental treatment. And it was the same thing with this other girl. Like, when they talk to this girl, she's like, you find out everything that he did to Brittany Murphy, he did to this girl, like isolated it from her friends, controlled the money, controlled who was allowed in there to see her, who she could oh, talk to, like all this other stuff. Decides he's going to get this spinal surgery and then basically like fucks off, leaves the country and like leaves her as a single fucking mother. And so then to like keep things on the DL kind of like doesn't officially say that he like threatened her, but like more right. or less he, he had some kind of intimidation and some of the money that Brittany was bringing in, he was taking chunks of that money and sending it back to her for his kid. And Brittany oh, and Brittany's shit. mom had no idea. Okay. So like TLDR, this guy's kind of a cunt? Yeah. It's like once you find out like who the, <laughs> like you find out like he's actually not a billionaire. He's not even a millionaire. He is like involved yeah. in a bunch of these Ponzi schemes right. and like poor Brittany's mom like at the, at the end because she doesn't really talk after like you, you don't see her interviewed a lot but a lot of people who are close to her so right. like after Brittany died. And then after he died, she's got no source of income. But according to this guy, when he was married to Brittany, mm -hmm. he, he was taking money and he was investing into these stocks and he was buying oh, real estate over here. Yeah. And he had like retirement these, planning. Yeah. yeah. And he bought like these really expensive custom pieces of jewelry that would only appreciate in value. And right. then, like after they're both dead and she's trying to figure out how she's going to pay her bills, she finds out that they actually don't own any property. He doesn't have any stocks. He doesn't have money or co-ownership in any of the companies he said he did. All these like million dollar diamond necklaces and tiaras and stuff that he got made are actually made out of fake diamonds and they're fucking worthless. <sighs> like she takes a bunch of them and gets wow. them to go get appraised. And the guy comes back and he's like, this is, it's worthless. And she's like, well, no, this is a... Two yeah. million dollar custom diamond necklace, and he's like, "These aren't fucking diamonds. This isn't real." Fuck, I'm gonna have to watch this. I it, like, I should just watch any documentary that HBO puts out because they're all good. It, like, yeah, even I, I found uh, the documentary that I was talking about after the arbitration, and it's an HBO documentary. Hot coffee. Is it, Is a it film or series? Uh, no, it's a film. 
And because they originally what it does, and it's actually super How do you good. Spell that? Just hot coffee, regular. Oh, hot coffee. I thought you said yeah. agave. No. And so, like, uh, so with this, half it, the movie starts off talking, so it's all about tort reform and like binding arbitration. And it starts off, I don't know if you ever heard about this, but the McDonald's hot coffee case. Oh, yeah, yeah. So it, it, the first half of it is about that. And it's how McDonald's, so like, okay, so when you think of the McDonald's hot coffee case, do you think it was just someone that spilled hot coffee on them trying to get a payday? Yeah. Okay. 100% watch this documentary. Okay. Because that is 1 million percent not the case. Interesting. Yeah. And it was how McDonald's swung it that way with binding arbitration. Interesting. It's a fascinating documentary. Because the first half starts with that and they, they straight up start the documentary being like, everyone's heard of McDonald's hot coffee in the case. And it was spun in the news that it was like someone just trying to get a payday from a big corporation because like they spilled hot coffee on their lap. Like who cares? Mm -hmm. But if you actually watch the documentary, you'll actually realize that she got fourth degree burns because of how hot the coffee was that they gave her mm -hmm. and stuff like that. And then the second half of the movie follows uh, a case with an employee of Halliburton. And that's like with all the rape shit. Okay. And so, yeah, it's it's actually a super fascinating documentary. So hmm. definitely check it out. Oh, it's on my list now. Yeah. I really want to check out that Brittany Murphy one. It's yeah. like... I think it, it comes up as a TV series. It's two yeah. episodes. I just I just edited it. It's like, what happened, Brittany Murphy? Question yeah. mark? Yep. It was, it was pretty fascinating. I was like, holy fuck. Because like, I never knew any of that. I've, I... Like when I look back, I'm like, oh yeah, Brittany Murphy, she was famous yeah. and then she just had a drug overdose and died. Yeah. One of the people that was gone too soon. And then it's like, yeah. ooh, this is actually how fucking bananas her life was up until when she died. And it turns out her death was 100% preventable. Yep. I, uh, like hearing, a, this is totally off topic, but hearing about like the preventable stuff reminds me of, uh, it was a fucking Reddit thread from like a few years back and it was... Um, Someone commented like an ask Reddit thread and it's like, it's a fascinating read. Someone was like, I am like hallucinating in my apartment. Like I am seeing this and like, like it is unreal. Like they were like, like this can't, this can't be like, how is this happening? Was that the one where it ended up being like monoxide poisoning? Yeah. Yes, at, I do at, remember. Like, that. and then a random person was like, yo, check your monoxide. And they did. And they were like, oh my God, I was about to die. And it was like, because of like a single person that was like, yo, this is all of the unique symptoms of like, you got a monoxide leak and they yeah. like did it. And then it was like such a fucking fascinating, like, yo, check this out. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. So, that reminds me of like the, like the mold thing where like people are just like, oh, there's signs. Just like, mm -hmm. got to know when to look for them. So. Yeah. She's fired from her last movie too. Oh, was she? Straight up fired. They're like, we're not dealing with you with you and your husband's bullshit. Like, oh, fucking shit. leave. Yeah. Oh, shit. Huh. I really want to watch that now. It's like... Yeah. yeah, it was pretty crazy. Since we were talking about Britney Murphy, Britney Spears. Yeah, conservatorship ended. I know. So do you think this would have happened without... Be like internet and then no media coverage of no. all this. Not even a little bit. No. Yep. Which it is what been, I 
if, if without the public spotlight on it, I think it would have just carried on. Yeah. Which I think is like super rad that this actually fucking like got dealt with. Because was it HBO that did the documentary as well, or was it Netflix? Netflix did one, and mm. YouTube did one. That's right. Like I remember, I think HBO is doing one now too. There's like three, two for sure, and there's a third one coming from someone. Right. Because I remember watching one of them, and I was just like, "This is super fucked." So what I'm super curious about. Like the thing that I think is going to be the most amazing part of or outcome of all of this is when this is all going down. They're like, oh, we want like to see all the papers because we, you know, we have some wild accusations. Yep. Jamie, which I find it so weird that her dad's name is Jamie and her sister's name is Jamie. But either way, yeah, her dad and their legal defense team was like, yeah, we're not ending this. And then the public spotlight came out and they're like, we want to know this and this. And then she actually was able to get the court was like, nope, you can have your own attorney. You don't need the same one the father has. And then it was yep. like, oh, shit, my guys mm-hmm. aren't fucking representing both sides now. This is bad. Yep. And they're like, we want all the documents. And he was like, uh, yeah, we'll give you everything you need. We got, yep. we got nothing to hide. And then they supported ending the conservatorship themselves, which was like unheard of that they themselves yep. are like, yeah, no, it's cool. We can end it. Yep. And now that it's ended, they were like, okay, cool. So it's ended. We're all good, right, guys? We're we're square. And yeah. then Brittany's team is like, no, no, no. We want all these documents because yeah. we still think some fucking shady shit's been going on here. Yeah. And they're like, um, yeah, <laughs> I don't, well, yeah, but yeah, I don't. yeah. It's just like they were. Yeah, it's like this the fucked up thing on their part where they were like, hey, we we're going to support that we end this so that we don't have to go to trial and these documents don't come out in discovery because, hey, maybe those documents don't show us in the best light. And then they were like, yeah, totally, we'll end this. And then her legal team was like, actually, no, we still want to go to court and we're still going to get this in discovery. So, yeah. yeah. As the last thing I read <laughs> is is his team, they haven't turned over anything yet. Oh, yeah. Right. And like maybe that's changed now. But the last thing I read a few weeks ago is like they were still like, hey, we have a court order, like start fucking giving us documents because yep. like there's a lot of bull claims there from like mismanagement of money to like yep. spying and like over yep. the top control. That's not part of a conservatorship. Yep. And I think all these all this stuff is going to come to light. And I think it's going to yep. turn out that like her dad was took super way fucking, more yep. fucking money than he should have and was doing things that he shouldn't have. And like, I think we're past. I don't think we're at the fucking point. And I mean, given how rich everyone is and how corrupt and stupid the legal system is like. Normal yeah. people would end up with jail time, and I don't think he will. No, but I think enough. it's. I think they're going to come to a resolution where it's like, yes, he did this, 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 and this, which are all super bad, super legal, and they're going to court order him to repay a large amount of what he took out of that. Uh, yeah, I hope so because it's like even in that, I think it was the Netflix documentary, like when they show like, oh yeah, the the lawyers he has representing both sides are actually like just friends of him and then you see like how much they got paid and you're just like what the fuck like mm-hmm. <laughs> no that shouldn't be a thing <laughs> yeah i i think we're going to see some stuff like that come out for sure yeah but this is like this is one of those awesome like feel good things where it's like i remember i think it was like 2 years ago it was like right around the start of the pandemic it was the top post or i th- I think if you go to like the uh, Reddit Unsolved Mysteries subreddit mm-hmm. and you sort by like top of the past year and the top three is pretty much what started this. And it was some user that has the title, what's going on with Britney Spears? 
mm-hmm. and they started outlining like all of this shit and then it was like i remember reading it at the time like way before any of the documentaries came out and i was like what the fuck like that that shouldn't be a thing and then like the internet like just grabbed it and started running with it and was like oh yeah no this is super fucked up like free britney <laughs> like it's such a it's a it's a time when like the internet like armchair detectives actually did something good well it's, it's very similar to like and i nothing's completely come out of it yet but some was very similarly happening to richard simmons if you remember correctly what like the old like the 80s workout richard simmons okay you know what I'm, you know who i'm talking about yeah i know who you're talking about i yeah there's there's entire podcasts that are dedicated to this where like he just all of a sudden disappeared. No oh, one's shit. no one's seen him, heard him, and like the speculation is is like he hired some like like he has some like live in maids and like stuff like that. And one of them, I guess, just kinda like mentally beat him down to the point where she's kind of doing the same thing that Brittany Murphy's husband doing, where like oh, she's shit. controlling. So like there's people that like were friends with Richard Simmons that haven't even been able to go to the house and see him. They can't get him on the phone. Like he's just gone. And periodically he'll like release these like messages where he's like, Hey, stop worrying about me. I'm fine. I'm just living my life. But it's like people who are like, I've known Richard for 20 years. Like he's been an active part of my life. We taught, we used to talk every fucking week and I haven't seen him in three years. Oh, really? And when I call this lady answers and she won't let me talk to him. If I go to the house, I'm not allowed in or past the gate. And oh shit, yeah. So I imagine All like right. that might be the next big one where people are like, we need to get to the bottom of this too. All right, I'm down for that. This, uh, these are like the internet like armchair detective stories that I really like because mm-hmm. they kind of like because there's so many that are so fucking like bad in the like legit bad way. Like mm-hmm. you remember like the Reddit and the Boston Marathon bombing. Yeah like shit like there's like so many examples of that of like people just like no fuck you like we're gonna do this and like we're gonna say you're bad yeah but it's like the the ones that are like good or like the ones where like everyone can unanimously go like hey some fucked up shit is happening yeah so it's like yeah yeah hmm, i didn't know that yeah it's pretty you'd have to like look up some of the stuff but yeah like there's multiple podcasts that are just entirely dedicated to like what we know is happening, where we've been, what's going on now, where we're at, that kind of stuff. I love going on like that unsolved mysteries subreddit. And I always love the mysteries that don't have to do with dead people because they're always <laughs> well, like, cause they're always like the ones that are like free Britney or like, I don't know if you saw another one. Uh, it's, it's another one of the like subreddits top. It's like, who's the largest uh, buyer of glitter in the world. Yeah. And then the uh like the subreddit story actually turned into like someone from like i think it's like the new york times or something did a big piece on it yeah. and it's like apparently like no one can figure out who the like largest purchaser of glitter is and they're like speculating that it's because it's either in a product that they don't want people to know has glitter in it or that it's like some weapon system it's it's like it's weird shit like that that is like super fascinating yeah, that is pretty. It looks like Disney's going to be a little more flexible, maybe in 2022 on their releases. And with theatrical windows? Yeah. 
Yeah, so like they've been Disney's been like waffling back and forth with this. It seems like a lot. Like it seems mm-hmm. like one week they're like no, forty five days, and then it hits Disney Plus, and then like sometimes they're like, well maybe not, and then like I think they're starting to see the success of like stuff going to Disney Plus. Yeah, well, I mean, we've been saying this for fucking months. Like, there's money to be made there. People aren't doing theaters like they used to. Yep, and people diehards will, will go back. But aside yep. from that, like, what was? The, I'm trying to think of the last oh the last one that i saw in theaters was Lindsay and i went and saw bond right and we went and saw like in the avx fucking theater on like a friday night or something like when it should be peak busy and like there's one person in front of us in line for concession yep we sat down and like fucking three quarters of that theater was empty yep like there are going to be people who will still go to see theaters but if you give mm-hmm. someone an option to watch at home Especially when like theaters were closed, like you saw this with gyms. There's lots mm-hmm. of gyms that are shutting down because during the pandemic you couldn't go to a gym. Yep. So what did people do? They built in-home gyms. Yep. Now that the gyms are reopening, the pandemic's over. They're like, well, why am I going to pay you sixty, seventy dollars a month? I have the equipment I need. I can do this from the comfort of my own home. I can yep. wake up, roll out of bed, exercise, go back to bed, or do whatever. And yep. I think you saw a lot of that too. If you, if you like saw like the market analytical data, like television, streaming devices, home theater equipment, like all of that stuff, those sales were going through the roof. People were essentially building yep. home theaters. I was one of those people. Yeah. I, I, and like, I can tell you if I go to a movie that isn't AVX, the sound quality that I get right next to me is better. Mm-hmm. So it's like you can get this the like like when people are like no you've got to see this in theaters like that's how you're meant to experience it like I look at them and go like get fucked like I can get a superior like in a lot of cases a superior quality at home yeah well and it's you just know, like it's, you drive there you pay your yeah. ticket you get your snacks yeah. you sit down yeah. and like I understand and this is where like I feel like their arguments of it's meant to be seen on the theater is a shaky one at best. Cause like, yeah. yes, the theater screens are massive and they have mm-hmm. big surround sound systems. But I mean, if you make a home theater setup with, you know, like a 100 or a 120 inch screen and you're only sitting four or five feet away from it on a fucking couch, yeah. that's still a big screen. The yeah. lights are still out. You got your comfy chair. You're in the comfort of your own home. You spend the money and you get a Dolby fucking Atmos system yep. at home. Yep. Okay. Well you got the surround sound. You got the big fucking screen. Now you're at home it lines up just it's infinitely more convenient and like yep. i don't think theaters are ever going to go away but i don't think they're ever coming back to the way they were no like we, the people that are going to go back to the theaters or the people like us that like going out as like a social kind yeah, of thing experience right? yeah like me and like another buddy of mine are still going to go to th- you know movies and we're still gonna do double features when a bunch of movies are out in theaters because we like doing it mm-hmm. but a lot of people are going to totally be fine with dropping $20 on a Disney plus day and date release. Yeah. And I, I think the ones that you'll see that do draw the the huge crowds are the big ones that people don't want spoilers, like the Marvel movies mm-hmm. or the bonds or something yeah. like that. People will go see those in theaters. Cause it's like, well, I don't want to wait three months for it to come, yeah. come where I'm available to see it at home in the comfort of my own house. And I know all my friends are going to want to see it. So like, yeah, let's go do that. But like, you look at movies like The Last Duel and some of those where it's just like, I don't yep. need to see that in the theater. I nope. can watch that and come from my home, so I I will wait. Yeah, totally. Totally. And like, 
Yeah, those movies are the the, the ones that are going to keep theaters going. Like when the new Avatar comes out, people are going to watch that in theaters. Oh, for right? sure. Like you I'll know, go see that in theaters. Yeah. So it's so yeah, which which like I think leads into this fucking other story here from Variety, like with with theaters you know in a state of like i don't think they'll ever be the fucking same there's rumors movie pass is coming back yes <laughs> which fucking oh the no original sense. the original co-founder is like maybe looking to relaunch it and it's like god oh, movie pass was so fucked up like they did so many shady shit <laughs> mhm and it's like oh it's funny like never in my life like i have several years of business you know experience and study and practice in schools i i breathe business case studies in my life never in my life have i seen the biggest prime example of a business just straight up you can look at it and go like that will never work and movie pass was that example yeah well <laughs> and like i'm taught like even if you were to like how do you rebuild that like when before you went bankrupt, like you, it was just rife with allegations where it's like, you're blocking me from using yeah. this service yep. as advertised. Yep. So like they obviously did that because they weren't making money. They're yep. like, we can't actually sustain this kind of fucking business model. Yep. We need to slow the roll and stop people from doing that. So if you had to take those steps to keep your company alive and it still failed, how are you going to bring it back and not do those same fucking shady scuzzy things yeah and it's like i think i've said this before like when we've talked about movie pass the only way that business model works is if you partner with the theaters mm-hmm. that is the only way it works because if not you're going to have to buy the tickets at retail price yeah and there's no way you can make money by selling a monthly subscription that is the cost of one ticket and tell your user base you can do this as much as you want uh, I think that I'm willing to bet when they initially went this, they were hoping it was kind of going to go the way of most subscription services where people will like pay the nine bucks a month and it's like, ah, life's busy. I didn't get to see anything. Yep. And if you have enough subscribers that are paying 10 to $20 a month, but not using the service that hopefully yeah. that would cover the ones that are actively yep. using it. But that obviously it wasn't didn't work. the fucking case. No. So it's like, yeah. So I don't, I don't see how, and, and like, like, the tickets, like movie theaters get such a small fucking percentage of that. Yep. So totally. I don't see how, like, even if you partner with a movie theater, they're still going to need their fucking cut. Yep. Exactly. So I'm trying to see like, see and like uh, reading. So here's a statement from like the founder that's buying it. So I can confirm that we acquired movie pass out of bankruptcy on Wednesday. We are thrilled to have it back and are exploring the possibility of relaunching soon. Our pursuit to reclaim the brand was encouraged by the, the continued interest, which I don't know who had interest in it from the movie going community. And we believe if done properly, theatrical subscriptions can play an instrumental role in movie going attendance. So it seems like they're going to try to just do the same fucking thing again. Yeah. Well, it's like, and like the, not movie pass, but the one that they brought to Canada. Oh yeah, yeah. I can't remember what it was called now. Yeah. But I was like, yeah, this sounds perfect. Cause like when I was going to school, mm-hmm. I would see a movie every Friday. That was, I'd finish class and every Friday afternoon I'd go pick a movie and I, every Friday I'd go see a fucking movie. That was my weekly tradition. So when that came out, I was like, oh yeah, this sounds fucking perfect. And for the first couple of times, 
it worked great. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden I would like pick my tickets and it'd be like, oh, tickets unavailable. Meanwhile, yep. I'd go on Cineplex's actual site, not a single ticket sold. Yep. Or it'd be like, oh, you have to, you can only buy them when you get there. You can't buy them in advance. And you yep. have to like geo, like GPS, geolocate. So we know that you're actually at the theater when you buy them. And then all of a sudden that service wasn't working. It's like, we don't know where you are. You have to be at the theater to buy your ticket with this app. And I'm like, I'm standing at the front doors. There's yep. no closer I can get. And I yeah. just ended up canceling it because I couldn't, it was, I was pain and I wasn't being able to do anything with it. And then sure shit, it went down as well. Yeah. And it's like, I think we talked about this, like when, uh, it was probably a couple of months ago, like when the bankruptcy proceedings were happening for MoviePass, like all of it came to light that they were like actively doing that to consumers. Mm-hmm. And like yeah. the courts were like, this is so like against laws that like we like, yeah, you're fucked. Yeah. <laughs> like you can't do that. <laughs> so it's like yeah i it will be fascinating to see this come back and then subsequently crash and burn again yeah because <laughs> like is is there a reality that they get that right probably not i don't think so it's like, gonna fail yeah they're gonna have to go into bankruptcy again uh, yes it's like I wish we had rules in north america akin to like australia where like if you're the ceo or the CFO of a company that files for bankruptcy, you are not allowed by law to hold that title or position again for five years. Yeah. Cause like yeah. I know some companies up here that went yep. down in my related industry. And yep. once that company went down, they fucking just went over to another company, held the same mantle. And the irony is, is the one I'm thinking of in particular, they were at the top in charge of the finances. This company went bankrupt. And then they moved over to a different company. And within two years, that one went bankrupt and they had to fucking new people came in, bought them from bankruptcy, changed the name ever so fucking slightly. And now Mm -hmm. they're still sitting at the top in one of those like head positions. And it's like the last two companies you worked for went bankrupt. You you should not be holding this title. Mm -hmm. Yep. But nonetheless, I digress. Yay, capitalism. Mm hmm. (laughs) <laughs> but like uh, in some like interest there's a lot of stuff coming here that i am excited for and not excited for like right. looking at the remainder of our list like party down coming back so okay that's exciting this is the first time i've heard about party down everyone is coming back except for lizzie kaplan i never even heard about that show before today <laughs> that's not true you're high or you're losing your memory because the only reason I have the two or three seasons of party down is because you told me about it. What? Yes. Was it called by a different name? No. Oh my God. Am I going insane? Cause you told me you sold it to me as kind of like entourage, but from a different perspective where they're like, busboys and waiters and stuff in like the celebrity world and that it was really good and because i was such a fan of adam scott from parks and rec you said i would probably like it because it is adam scott in it and you are the reason you are the reason that i ended up getting it this would have been before i had a plex server because it's not on my plex but like truth be told i i've only watched a couple episodes i did enjoy it but then 
this was at the height when a bunch of other stuff was coming out. So I didn't even finish watching it. But that being said, like I have it because you were the one who told me about it. All right. Okay. That's weird that I just have that as a blank memory in my head, but all right, Mm. I'll believe it. Sure. That was the whole reason I added the story. I'm like, oh yeah, Ben told me about Party Down. And here I am just like no recollection of that show at all. Yeah. Huh. All right. I guess my brain is just slowly deleting stuff. Apparently. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll take your word for it. It wouldn't be the first time <laughs> I've been like, it wouldn't be the first time you've been like, yo, you remember when you did this? And I'm like, no. Well, I mean, maybe by some one in a million chance, someone else pitched it to me, but there is no way anyone else that I know ever would have fucking heard about this show. All and right. There is certainly no one who would have pitched it to me. Like as that? Like, like a, as like an entourage kind of-esque thing. All right. Okay, I'll believe that. Uh, I'm just going to take your word that I did this, and I'm just slowly going insane. All right. Yeah, because where did I... Netflix, I started watching it on Prime or Netflix, or maybe it was Crave. All right. If it was back in my Netflix days, I could have watched it there, sure. But yes, I'm, I'm like 99.9% sure that that recommendation came from you. All right. I'll, I'll believe it. I'll believe it. So anyway, it's coming back. All right. And it's, I mean, it's it's a pretty fucking stellar cast. Like, I love yes. Adam Scott, Jane Lynch. It, like, that speaks for herself. The guy from Megan uh, Silicon Valley. Yeah. So, like, going to be good. So is this coming back as, like, kind of like, hey, we're just, like, picking up where we left off? As far as I know, yeah. They're just going to do a new season and get back into it. All right. I will be excited to watch this and have the memories flood back. So <laughs> and slowly go, oh yeah, I remember this. <laughs> yeah. It's like that's exciting. And I'm super excited about this Tony Hawk doc coming from the Duplus brothers. To HBO. Yes. Yes. Oh my God. Give me this immediately because like me and you, I would bet, are really in tune with the skate culture and grew up in that. So I definitely did. And I yes. absolutely love the Duplass brothers. Who doesn't like this is such a and Tony Hawk is such a fucking awesome guy. I love it. Yeah. So like when I saw this, I was like, oh, yes, absolutely. Yes. 100%. I Tony Hawk's Twitter feed is some like magic goodness of the Internet because it's just him tweeting about people that think he's Tony Hawk and going like, hey, you look like Tony Hawk. And then it's him going like, yeah, I am. And they're like, no shit. (laughs) (laughs) like tony hawk is to be honest like if i was ever famous he's the level that i would want to be famous which Mm -hmm. is like most people go like hey you kind of look like that guy but they don't bug him because you just kind of look like that guy like he's like the perfect level of like famous yeah it's kind of it's kind of awesome yeah so i'm super super duper fucking pumped for that for that movie to come out yes I don't think I even remotely care that they're going to try and make a Mass Effect TV series. And I think even I I saw, I don't know if it was a tweet or an article, but like one of the main guys behind the Mass Effect games came out and was like, no, I don't like this. This is a bad idea. I read that article. And so like, this is why he said, so this is why he said it's that he didn't think it was a good medium for it. Is because it's a game based on your decisions. Yeah. And it's about a character you make. 
So like when I read that article, he was like, when you do this, right off the bat, number one, you're going to alienate your audience depending on which character you choose to follow. Mm -hmm. Because you make a custom character that's a dude or a chick. So it's like, if you picked the opposite of what the show goes for, you're instantly not going to be related. Yeah. And those games, specifically the Mass Effect games, are so choice-heavy throughout all the games that, like, you've got to pick which ones you're going to do for the TV show. And if you pick the ones that the fans don't like, they're going to go, that's... No, I don't like that. Right? Yeah, exactly. It's, like, the same problem with, like, if they did a Life is Strange TV show. Right? Like, you're going to, like, they would do that, but it's not the choices you made. Right? Yeah. No, I, I completely agree. So it's, I think the only, yeah, I don't know. I would be really curious how they do this. Because, like, Amazon also was doing that Fallout series. Which mm-hmm. is like based on an RPG, but that is also unique enough that you can just set a story in that world, yeah. right? Mass Effect is all about the overall story and the sci-fi epic, so it's like, I'm really curious how they do it. I imagine not well. I don't, it all depends. It all depends. Speaking of Amazon, though, I've been watching that Wheel of Time show that came out. Mm-hmm. I really, really like that show. I think it is great. I, I keep seeing previews for it, but I haven't bothered to actually watch it. It, yeah. It's filling the Game of Thrones hole in my heart. I don't think anything can fill the hole in the fucking gaping void that they ripped into my body with those last two seasons. No, but it's like... It, it's got Game of Thrones-esque... But like, I, I always hate to say like Game of... It, seems like game of thrones because like nothing is but like it's it's a really cool like fantasy epic that isn't afraid to kill people and like do shit like that Mm -hmm. you know and especially like that book series is often like like when you think like the game of thrones books like a lot of people compare them to like the wheel of time books and say like game of thrones is a light version of wheel of time because Wheel of Time just does everything Game of Thrones does and ramps it up by a thousand. So. Hmm. But I've been really enjoying it. It's cool. Well, maybe I'll look. I can't promise anything. I mean, I've still been meaning to look at The Expanse and Yellowstone and haven't haven't been able to get into those yet either. I love The Expanse. And the final season, I think, is coming out like in a couple of months, which I'm super excited for. The Expanse is great. So then how do you feel about live-action Blade Runner and Alien? Uh, yeah super not great because that's how i feel i mean the amount of money it took to do that blade runner 2049 and i like that movie i thought it was really good and i thought that like universe and the Mm -hmm. the cgi and everything was phenomenal but that's a that was a massive massive budget fucking movie yep how do you translate that into fucking tv yeah like you're going overboard you're gonna have to get a studio that isn't afraid to spend the money. Do they say where this is landing? Uh, it looks like Alien is going to FX. So, okay, FX isn't going to give Alien the budget it needs. 
No, probably not. I'm not seeing where Blade Runner is going. Maybe, so maybe Blade Runner, Blade Runner is being shopped around? Maybe. Yeah, I don't see a definitive home for it yet. I mean, there's a way you can... There's a way you can do both of these successfully for TV. But, like, to be honest, the only way you could successfully do either one of these shows is if they were is if they were at HBO. Because HBO isn't afraid to do what they're doing with The Last of Us and go, this needs a big budget for a 10-hour yeah. episode miniseries. Here's the money. Go and make it, and we're going to stand back and let you do your thing. Like, that, to me, seems like the only studio that could do these right would be yeah. HBO, because then they would go, like, all right, give us your scripts for your 10 episodes of Alien and Blade Runner. Here's your money. Go to town. Right? Yeah. Like, FX is not going to do an Alien series justice. I don't think it will. It's Showtime, right? FX and Showtime are the same. Mm-hmm. So it's like, when's the last Showtime series that you saw that you were like, oh, wow, that, that's got a good budget. And it was kind of like an, an epic show of that portion, right? Yeah, nothing off the top of my head. Because like right now, like the only two studios I can think of that are like pouring big budget money into series is Amazon and HBO. Mm-hmm. Like they're the only ones that are willing to invest big budgets into big shows. Everyone else seems like it's like, here's your bare minimum. Make us something. Right. So... I guess we'll have to wait and see. I mean, yeah. I Sure, I guess that's true. So, it seems like this Halo show is actually going to come out? Yeah, After, I'll believe it when I fucking actually see it. How many years has this been in development? Too fucking many. <laughs> Since like 2011? And there, there's actually a, a teaser now? <laughs> This is like, I, uh, again, I will still see it when it comes out. <laughs> like, that's when I'll believe there's a Halo TV show. It's when is I'm it, watching it at home. Is this going to be live action? Yes. Yeah, I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah. Like, I, I, yeah, I mean, like, if it comes out, I'll absolutely watch it. It's something that, like, you know, a decade ago, I was like, oh, that would be so cool. I can't wait to see that. But until it actually fucking happens, I just pretend it doesn't exist. Yeah, because it's been killed and shot and transferred to studio so many times that like yeah, it's been in development hell for far too fucking long. Which just has me nervous too that when they finally do put it out, it's going to be hot garbage. It it could be. Yeah. And then fucking bummer news on my part: the sinner's ending this season. Yeah, I can imagine how you'd be upset about that. But to be honest, like, I'm also actively watching season four, and it is totally wrapping this up nicely, so. So at least it's getting the kind of, like, closure it needs? Absolutely. It is actually, like, ending in, like, a surprisingly, like, as I'm watching it, I'm like, and then I read this, like, headline, I was like, this is actually surprisingly a really, like, satisfying end to that character. Mm-hmm. If they go where I think they're gonna go, because it's not over yet, but, but it's like... Yeah, because it's so like this is an anthology series, so it's like uh, Bill Pullman is like a new case every season, yeah. And this fourth 
season is like him being retired and he's like off on a honeymoon and then he ends up getting drawn into like this small town like case that happens yeah and it ends up like sucking back his life because he's like he was trying to retire and like not get sucked back into that life Mm -hmm. and so it's actually like a really satisfying ending of like kind of how he can't not do that yeah so it's actually like it's actually working out nice so like well and i started in on the first season and it seemed good but it's like one of those seasons was like okay this is enjoyable but it didn't sink its teeth into me so when like my other routine shows started premiering again it kind of just got dropped and i haven't gone back yet yeah that's fair and then fucking so apparently everyone has got a real big heart on for this metaverse shit yeah, something that I also until shit actually starts fucking happening. There's just there's too much like random and false hype yes. and promise in this kind of fucking space. Yes, totally. Like but it isn't but it like Disney's not the only one who's jumping in big on this. Like Microsoft and Google and some of these other big ones are like they already got like roadmaps and plans. So I mean like this is my whole thing is like we're not where we need to be with VR technology for no. this to become a viable fucking thing. So like until that actually happens, yeah, and unfortunately, and I think the the leap in VR technology to make it happen is going to come from fucking Facebook. Like I hate to be the one to say it. That's but the like, gross part. Is like they're the only one that's throwing money at it. Yeah. Well, and not only throwing money at it, but also making like developments in it too. No, not only that, but actively getting people involved. Like if yep. you look at the HTC Vive and like the Valve Index and like those ones, those are like if you don't have anything already to get the light towers, the headset, all that other shit, like you're looking at fifteen hundred to two fucking grand, depending on which model you get. Some of the fancier ones, twenty five hundred to three grand. And you and can go spend like two hundred and fifty bucks for the Facebook version. Yeah, but that's just the gear too. Yeah. That's just the headset. In order to power that fucking Valve Index or the like, the HTC Vive or the Cosmos or whatever, you need a beefy fucking gaming computer mm-hmm. with a high-end graphics card or you're not fucking using it. Yep. So the cost of entry for like the extremely high-level VR is like at a minimum like $3,000 at a minimum to get into that fucking play space. Totally. Whereas you look at fucking Facebook with their Oculus, their their... It's not the Rift anymore, the Oculus Quest 2. Facebook has straight up said that they don't make profit off. Like, that's why it's so aggressively priced. They don't make a profit. And their goal here is to make it a loss leader to get people in. Yeah, is they want more people buying them. They're like, we don't need to turn a profit on this now. We have other avenues of income coming in. We're not worried about that right now. We need to get people into the ecosystem. Yes. So that we can build this out, yep. And that's that's the smart play. And like, I, I don't yep. know if you saw the recent uh, Steam's hardware hardware survey from this year that recently yep. came out. It's like sixty some percent of the VR headsets running on Steam right now are Quests. Yep. And I was actually reading. Um, it was on. I think it was the Gaming Leaks and Rumors subreddit. Someone was talking about. Um, like someone had talked to someone from Steam, and they were like, "Yeah." As far as like Valve goes, they pretty much abandoned VR and they specifically cited because Facebook is poaching all of the good developers for VR and they have them in house. And they were like, the sales just aren't there for VR because we can't compete with Facebook. Like they're are, they're poaching all the best game developers for VR and hiring them and they're selling these headsets at such a low cost that we can't compete. 
Mm-hmm. So it's like that's the sad part is like Facebook is going to win this race because yeah, they're just well and I'm torn on it cuz like it is sad to an extent but I mean at the same time if it makes more games and bigger more impressive games and it makes all of it affordable so that the average joe can actually go into VR cuz like when I started playing VR mm-hmm. like me and fucking Turpin like we all fucking went and got yep. like the expensive uh, those are $1000 headsets Totally. hundreds of dollars in games and we already had big beefy gaming computers totally. and at the time we could only play with each other because no none of our other friends had any of that stuff and couldn't afford any of it yep totally so then we're just limited to us but i mean like I, like i'll completely admit i have a fucking quest too yep. and i absolutely do love it because i can use use it standalone without needing sensors i don't need mm-hmm. a computer and if yep. i do want to play a game that requires more horsepower i can plug it into my computer yep. and i'm good totally. to go totally it is it's it's the best most like plug and play version out there mm-hmm. and like there is no one that is able to compete with it because like where can you get that setup that runs that well that has that versatility at that price you can't exactly so it's yeah and it's i, I i'm curious because like everyone is doubling down on this metaverse shit and i'm like it, it's weird because like if you think of like ideally what would happen is like think of uh that fucking movie uh, Ready player one yes that is like kind of ideally what it is right mm-hmm. you know but it's like all of these companies aren't working together yeah it's like that's that kind of defeats the whole core purpose of what a metaverse is yeah <laughs> right like like if you think about it like ideally it would be one company and then everyone would work together and then that would be the one platform or if you're going to have like seven companies saying we have the metaverse thing to make it work, you've got to be able to freely exchange with all of those companies and they're not going to let you do that. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's yeah. like, I'm really curious what the what the hell this ends up looking like. It'll be, it'll it's, be interesting to see to say the least. It seems like this is the new like entertainment buzzword that's going around that I'm sure a lot of venture capitalists are getting rich off of. Oh, saying it in pitch meetings or <laughs> it's like hey we're gonna be the new metaverse but yeah but so yeah. i i also i did finish you finally oh shit okay what'd you think really good yes i did not see that whole like spoiler alert when mm-hmm. he got fucking hit with the paralysis stuff i was like yep Oh shit, I did not see it coming where like he pre-planned this days ago and took a fucking yep. antidote and was going to flip the script. So like that was pretty yep. pretty crazy. Yeah, and then just fucking kills her and fucking away he goes. Lights the house on fire, moves on. Yeah. And goes to his next victim and he Okay, so I do not like how it, like it ended him in Paris wandering around. I did not like that. Yeah, I wasn't overly a big fan of that either, but I mean like where else do you fucking go? Like, you gotta get out of the country after something like that. That is true. Like, he had to fucking... Oh, and then when he fucking, like, chisels his own fucking... Yeah. Yeah, it's just like... Yeah. But, I mean, all in all, it was good. I, I quite liked it. I liked the twists and turns, and I liked mm-hmm. how she turned out to be more impulsive and uncontrollably psychotic than he was. Yeah. Where she just, like, keeps killing people, and he's like, no, like... You can't do this. He's like, if you're gonna do this, you gotta plan for it. <laughs> Yeah. Like he's like the like theory he's like the Dexter where he's like, Okay, I'm gonna do this and this 
and this and this is how we're going to do it and that's why he's never been caught and then she's just like yeah so i hit her with a with a rock and now she's dead in the basement so mm-hmm. like can you help me out yeah <laughs> yeah super <laughs> fucked but really good so i can't wait you know two more years till i get another fucking season yeah well, they forget everything did they announce that yeah, doing, there, yeah, there, yeah. there is a season four, but I mean, I don't expect to see it for a while. True. And I did get the whole second season of Lock and Key done. Okay, I still haven't started on that show yet. Should oh, I'm, I'm still a big fan. The second season was so good, too. Okay, so I have it all, and I've like... After I finished Dope Sick, I was like, okay, I don't have... Like, aside from my weekly releases, I was like, I don't have like a weekly show that I watch during the week. So... Should Lock and Key be it? I I I'm a big fan. Like it's okay. Like like full disclosure. Like it's not designed for you know uh an R or an 18A or like a no. super mature audience. Like it definitely is like a it's like a, a Stranger Things. Yeah, it definitely has like more of the family vibes to it. But it's it's fun and it's fascinating. And like every time they discover a new key, I'm like, ooh, what does that one do? What does that one do? What does that yep. one do? And like there was a bunch of stuff that happened in the first one that like it didn't drive me nuts, but there was just like, oh, I really want them to resolve this plot because I want to know like how this affects the storyline. If they can just, you know, if this thing was to happen and a few of those things actually happen this season, oh, it's shit, like, okay. oh, cool. So I, I don't know. It's just like one of those. It's, it's just fun. Like yeah. I get lost in it and it kind of yeah. makes me feel like a kid again. Yeah. So like, I, mean, I, I thoroughly enjoy it. I burned. I had like a long, like eight hour, nine hour drive back from fucking northern Alberta to get back down south here. So I burned like the whole thing in one fucking go on the bus. And it's just one episode after another after another. And I fucking loved it. Hmm. I've been meaning to check it out. So I can't wait for a fucking third season. Like I'm, I'm so into it. For a a family geared movie or show, I never, I, I saw it and I'm like, oh, that looks kind of fun, but I didn't think yeah. it would be anything crazy. And after a few episodes, I got like right hooked. And then as soon as some of like the magical stuff starts happening, I, I was in. I was all in. It was fantastic. I can't speak highly enough about that show. I, I'll, pro- I'll probably check it out. Thoroughly, like, thoroughly enjoy it. I basically just needed an excuse to check it out. And you talking it up is kind of like cemented that in. It's just a fun time. Yeah. And it's and it is really well done. Like it's not like fucking watching Titans where you're like you see the CGI and you're like, oh my god, come on. <laughs> that the spe- yeah, speaking of bad CGI, that show is it has some of the most appalling CGI I've seen ever. Yeah, and it's not like that. Like this, it's very well done. The plot is actually really good. Okay, spe- so speaking of Titans, I don't know why this reminded me of. So, are you still watching Riverdale? Because I I saw and read something the other day. That is just like, okay, they're fully going down this rabbit hole. That now they brought Sabrina the Teenage Witch into the show, and now there's just straight up fucking magic. Uh, I can see that. So, like, I, we, a couple weeks ago, got to the end of season five. Okay. And they just started airing season six, like, within the last, I think there's one, maybe two episodes of season yes. six is out now. Yes. So we haven't actually started in on season six yet. Okay, because I I knew this was coming from the get go because in the comic worlds there are crossovers between Sabrina and the people from Riverdale. Yeah, totally. And that was the whole why they did the Sabrina TV series on Netflix. That came out years ago because I don't know when they were planning on doing it, 
but the the Netflix Sabrina TV series was came into play because it was going to eventually mm. lead to a crossover. And I watched the first season of the Sabrina show and it wasn't terrible, but it wasn't that good. Right. Right. But they make mention of Riverdale. Uh, okay. Seems like they're just going to fully commit to their bullshit and just be like, fuck it, magic. There's so much <laughs> stupid shit that happens in that show that magic would be the only way that they can explain some of the incredibly stupid shit that goes on. <coughs> that makes sense. It's bad. It's so fucking bad. It is absolute hot garbage. I'm, we're going to watch this the sixth fucking season. It's like, it's going to happen. Oh, yeah. But it's, like, I'm never happy about it. No. It's, it's the same thing when I watch CW's The Walker. I'm like, I, I don't know why I'm watching this, but I'm committed. I'm going to keep watching it, even though I, I don't know why. It's the same with my fucking The Curse of Oak Island. I keep watching that because the new season started. And it's it should be titled, On This Week We Still Ain't Found Shit. Because that's like... Every episode. Yeah, it's like, hey, guess what? We ain't found shit. To, but, but then the they they do what all good reality TV show is like. They're like, coming up next week, and then they like tease finding something. And I'm like, oh, are maybe they? Maybe they finally uh, I was like, maybe are they going to find something? And then I watch it, and I'm just like, you found a fucking rock. Like, you found a button. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but I, some... For some reason, I still watch it. Yeah, that's that's fair. Like every episode, I criticize it because it's like, wait, what? Like, because they don't even build anything anymore. There's lots of episodes throughout the last season where, like, the episode starts, mm -hmm. and within the first couple of episodes, like the one that immediately pops into my mind is in previous episodes they've talked about this rare metal called palladium. Yeah, and in the one episode, Cheryl's like, hmm, you know what? We need an influx of cash. Maybe it's time I open up the old mines that are underneath Thornhill's fucking property. This is the first time they ever talk about mines being there. But yeah. all of a sudden, there's mines there. Yeah. And then she's like, yeah, there used to be palladium down there. I should open up our old fucking mines and we should mine palladium. Now I just need some, some strong men who will go down there and mine it. So then two seconds go by and now she's sitting down talking to Archie. Archie, I need you and your boys to get some pickaxes and some fucking hard hats. <laughs> And mine some palladium for me. And then two seconds after that, it's Archie and a bunch of the fucking dudes in fucking mining gear, and they're underneath Cheryl in Cheryl's old fucking abandoned mines, mining palladium. And it goes from like, oh, I need some money. I should open up mines that have never existed until right now. I need yep. guys to go in there and do it for me because I'm not going to do it because I'm mm -hmm. Cheryl. And then. To a full fucking team of guys with lights and hard hats and pickaxes and like a whole fucking system where they're actually pulling mine like palladium out of these fucking mines. This all happens in the span of like one to two minutes. Yep. There's no build up. There's no casual mention. There's no foreshadowing. It's fuck. What are we gonna do this episode? Yeah. Let's let's fucking you know let's what? make let's make yeah. them miners. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's get some mining shit going on. Like meanwhile, like I don't know. <laughs> where they find the time because Archie runs his boxing gym. He's also the head of the volunteer firefighter department and he's a teacher at Riverdale school. And then somehow they need to open up this mine fucking plot. And now he's at the forefront of these mining operations. And it's like, how are you doing any of this? This doesn't make any fucking sense for the sake of TV writing. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, they don't even follow through on their train of thoughts because like at one point fucking like Archie and Veronica are back together and then she's like I think we should live together 
So she moves into Archie's house. And like mm-hmm. after two days of living together, she's like, I don't belong here. I need to go back to New York. And he's like, well, I'm sorry, Veronica. Riverdale is where I have to be. I have to fix this town. So like if this is the end of it, like if you have to go to New York, then I guess we end this because I, I'm not leaving Riverdale. And she's like, oh, I love you so much. And yes, I have to be in New York. That's the only reason I'm ending this. They break up. The very next episode, she decides she's not going back to New York. She's staying in fucking Riverdale. Now, one would think if the only reason you broke up with the person you claim you're head over heels in love with is because you have to move back to New York, and then you're not moving back to New York, maybe you go and talk to said person and like, hey, you know what? Plans have changed. I'm staying in Riverdale. Let's make this work. Mm -hmm. Nope. Now she's interested in Reggie. Of course. Yeah. Of course. And then literally, like, one day after this, like, love affair is broken up, Archie's all heartbroken, the very next episode... Hey, Betty, you know what? Let's try dating. Yeah, let's do that. Now they're dating. One episode. Sure, of course. Yeah. That tracks. Fucking... That tracks. I'm pretty sure that, like, that show, like, like, we've talked about it before, like, a typical show has, like, a story bible and, like, roadmaps and, like, kind of their lore maps and stuff like that. And the writers will go back and oftentimes people are paid to just cross-check. I'm yeah. pretty sure that show just has none of that. Like, no, I'm pretty sure don't. it's a new writer every episode, and they just go, huh, well, I haven't seen any of the prior episodes, so I'm just going to watch the last episode and then write from that. I, I think even that would produce a, a better episode in writing. I genuinely think that they hire writers, and the writers come in, and they go, okay, we don't have a show Bible. I can't give you any notes. Have you seen the show? No, I haven't. Okay, but like you know what Riverdale's about, right? No, I actually I just I no came idea. out of an Amish co- <laughs> commune. I've actually never seen TV. I don't I don't know how a TV works. Like yeah. what is TV? Don't worry about it. Just, just write. write some stuff down. I'm Do I conv- need to know the character names? No, just write some kind of story and then we'll fill in the blank with character names. I'm convinced that it's actually just an AI chatbot that is just scraping internet culture and just like shoving everything together. But like or maybe it's like how they write Family Guy on South Park, where there's like idea balls in the fucking giant tank, and the manatees come over and just move one the out. idea ball into the fucking tube, and that's gotta, how they get. I don't. It's got to be something. It's fucking awful. Yeah. I'm still gonna watch it, but it's awful. Everyone's got their shoes. And then I did get done Shang Chi and Red Notice. Okay, so I watched Shang Chi as well. What'd you think of that one? Uh, I liked it. It was good, but like I hummed and hawed about actually watching it. Like most of the other Marvel movies, like I'm, I'm excited. I can't wait to get in there and watch them. And this one, like it just, it's like, Oh, I can watch Shang-Chi now. And I was like, ah, I think I'm going to watch something else. And like, I finally had to kind of like, no, okay, watch it. And like, it was good. I liked how they kind of like did the stuff with the Mandalorian, the Mandalorian character and all that other stuff yeah they like brought it back from the iron man 3 yeah so i mean there was definitely some cool and then like to learn like oh a bunch of this stuff that happened was because of him like the 10 rings and all this so like that Mm -hmm. part was interesting and the fight scenes were very very well done very nicely choreographed so i mean like all in all it wasn't i wouldn't put it in my top fucking five probably not even my top 10 of the marvel movies but it was still good yeah yeah i didn't mind it like i I think, like, because, like, uh, me and you were different on this, where, like, I'm not really excited for a lot of the Marvel movies coming out. 
you know, like Spider-Man is probably the the one that I'm like actually like, ooh, I really want to see this. But there's like, a, there's a few I'm pumped for. But like for the most part, like when they're getting announced and coming out, like I'm not all that excited for it. And I think it's because I realized this when I watched Shang Chi is I think it's because it's like we're in the introduction phase of this new like Marvel of phase, where, phase it's, yeah. where it's like, all right, it's origin stories. And it's cookie cutter movies because it's like, hey, we got to introduce this character. All right, second act, they get their powers, they get fucked up. Third act, they redeem themselves, and now they got the powers, and now they're a superhero. You know, it's like, and when I think of like my most favorite Marvel movies, it's like when they're, they're established. All, it's like the Civil Wars and stuff like that, or it's like when they take those characters and do interesting things with them. Mm-hmm. You know, like Winter Soldier, shit like that. So it's like. I, I think it just, yeah, it's weird because like I came out of Shang-Chi and I was like, eh, I was like, it was all right. <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah, it was, I, I agree. Well, it yeah. was all right. And it, yeah, definitely because it was an origin story. Yeah. I'm going to keep watching them and I don't think until we get a little more deeper into this mm-hmm. phase before things will get exciting. But like I'm intently watching all of them because I'm waiting or that movie where we finally get the fucking mutant introduction. Like the yes. legit one. Not just yes. a mention of the mutant gene. Yes. Where we actually... Because one of these movies coming out, mm-hmm. there's no way we don't see a fucking... You know, someone from the X-Men universe finally making their, their first debut appearance. They got to. And like that's... I think what I'm most like excited about, like aside from Spider-Man, is like I want to know what they do with the X-Men. I want to see that. Mm-hmm. Because I, I like I want to see how they handle that and what they do. Like I want to see who the next Wolverine is. Yeah. Like l- let me see that. I want to see those characters. Like because it's yeah, yeah. I I agree. I, I'm really curious how they int- go about introducing them. You know. So. Yeah. Did you watch Red Notice yet? No. It was. I I had no interest in watching that. <laughs> I saw, I saw the preview and I was like, eh. eh. For someone who fucking keeps watching those shitty, shitty Fast and Furious movies, I thought for sure you would have watched it, but... Is it like a Fast and the Furious? Yeah, it's just dumb action fun. Oh. Maybe and you I, should watch I, it. I love Ryan Reynolds, so I mean... And The Rock is always good in the budget stuff, and Gal Gadot's really good too, so... <laughs> it was like some cool action-y type fucking scenes, lots of like funny one-off jokes... Like Ryan Reynolds is like very on point with his fucking humor and you can yeah. tell lots of like little kind of like, I don't know, third person kind of perspective jokes that he would make. I can't remember them off the top of my head, mm. but like some of the jokes he made, like, you know, he's referencing like other right, like real world material. They're not like inside that movie universe kind of fucking jokes. Right. And then there was actually a couple of fucking twists that like I should have seen coming, but I didn't see. coming. Uh, okay. Yep. Which sure. was like, oh, no shit. Cool. Yeah. It was just a fun time. Yeah, Reynolds has got that, like, kind of, <clears throat> it's almost like a unique humor where, he, like, it's like he plays on, like, third person perspectives for, mm-hmm. like, most of his humor. And it's like he's one of the few people that does, I guess. Yeah. It's, it's like a unique brand. <clears throat> it was enjoyable. I quite liked it. And then I caught up on Succession. I'm also caught up. What are you thinking? Is we're like, because we're like, what, mid season? Yes. I think we're mid season. Oh, yeah. Close, close to, I think we're six or seven, so coming up in the last half year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I think, what was the last episode was when they were doing the shareholders meeting? Is that right? Uh, 
No, there's one after that, but not much happened. So, like, the shareholders meeting was like when he was like losing uh, his shit because he wasn't taking his meds. Yeah, and then outside of his mind. Yeah, and then they basically said like get fucked on that deal, and then did they make the deal? Yeah, I can't remember. They took a deal at the very end. Yeah, and And now I'm trying to remember what the episode after was. So the episode after is um. Oh shit! What did happen? Logan and the team head to Virginia for a conservative political. Oh yeah, where they're trying <laughs> yeah. to pick the next president. That's yes, right. That's I right, do yeah. remember that. Yeah, I thought I, for a brief second there, like they were actually serious about picking Connor. Me too, and I was like, I was you like, know, uh, I was like, if they had the balls uh, to do that, that would actually be hilarious. But mm-hmm. I yeah. did like uh, the part in that episode that showed just how fucking out of tune um, the kid is that's trying to get the company. Why can't I remember his name? Ken. Uh, yes. Just like how out of like outclassed he is by like the other folks. Like when he meets with uh, the husband, mm. and he walks away, and he's like, and he, like the husband looks back at Ken and is like, "Do you know what they're doing right now?" He's like, "What?" He's like, "They're picking the fucking president, man!" Like, you can't compete with this. <laughs> yeah, and it's an interesting dive because I mean, like, I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if this is kind of how it works <laughs> yeah like if they literally have like a conservative conference and kind of everyone meets and greets and decides who they're gonna fucking back i'm pretty sure that's probably how it works yeah so like, i mean track. that part's that part's certainly fucking fascinating to me that it wouldn't surprise me if that's actually how it works but like i i really like that dynamic of like kind of showing like kind of showed because like you see it, it throughout the season just like how much he's trying to fight this battle but that he clearly can't right mm-hmm. you know because and like he just kind of gets it right in the face in that episode where they're just like yeah man they, they're not even thinking to you he's like they don't even they don't think about you at all they're picking the president you're not even on the radar yeah <laughs> well and kendall was he was way better like more suited for what he was doing when he was being like the fucking yes man to his father yes when he's like coached by his dad not like, even coach like after the whole like spoiler alert the whole kid killing fucking incident mm-hmm. when he's like oh i owe my dad like he fucking yeah. covered this up and then his dad's like go do this and he's like yep okay and he just goes and does it yeah like he's that's a- that's cutthroat ruthless yep. fucking kendall yep. and he fucking slays it and actually yep. it looks and feels like he belongs in that fucking world yep and then as soon as he grows a fucking pair and goes all right i'm trying to take the company again then he becomes this fucking blubbering idiot he realizes that he can't actually do it. Yeah. Which is like, it's a good, it's a good dynamic. Like I, I like, I like that arc, you know, mm-hmm. cause it's like, yeah. It's the, yeah. Hawkeye. Did you get into that yet? Uh, yeah. I watched it and, eh. well, there's only two out yet. So I watched uh, the first one and I watched, I got halfway through the second one before I had to put it on hold. Eh. I do like that he has like I the one little thing and it's not even like maybe it'll become a central fucking point but I thought it was really cool when she makes a comment about his hearing aid. Oh yeah yeah. And it's like the flash flashback to like all these like things he did as an Avenger. And it's yeah. like yeah that's why he needs a hearing aid and it's like yes. yes perfect cool it's showing like yeah. he is a human fucking being. Yes. 
You know, he's not a god. He's not yes. a mutant. He doesn't have special powers. Yeah. He's just a normal human being who's part of the Avengers team. So, yeah, naturally, tons of explosions yeah. and so naturally, gunfire and shit. His, yeah, it's going to fucking damage your hearing. Yeah, his body's fucked. Yeah, yeah. It's like, it reminded me, like, that scene reminded me of in the third Nolan Batman, when, like, Christian Bale, like, goes to his doctor, and the doctor's like, no, you can't go downhill skiing. He's like, you have no cartilage in your knees left. Mm-hmm. And you're like 35. Yeah. It's like you have the body of a 70 year old because you just fucking beat it down over the years. And that's what Hawkeye is, right? Like he's the only, like he's a human yeah. fighting with superheroes and he's holding his own. Of course, that's going to take your toll, right? Yeah. So I, I, I like that. I'm curious to see what other stuff we learn about when he was Ronin during the fucking mm-hmm. snap. Yeah. I'm I'm curious where it goes. It's just the first two episodes didn't sell me. Like I I finished them and I was just like, eh, like that was yeah. But I mean, it was yeah. the first like two or three episodes of Wandavision, I was like, I don't know if I that, keep that watching this. That is true for, for me personally. Other people praised it from the fucking beginning, and that's fine. But for me, it took like three or four episodes before I was like, okay, I'm in. I'm invested. I'm curious. You have my attention. That is true. So I'm well, hoping that's kind of how this one turns out too. True. Like, I'll keep watching it. Um, One thing I did really like is how they touched on, like, his fucking PTSD from being, like, a hero like that. Like, when they're in the play and he sees, like, the character of, like, ScarJo. Yeah. Like, Black Widow. And you just see him where he's just like, fuck. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I saw that person die. That was my best friend. (laughs) Yeah. And he's just, like, he turns off the hearing aid and he's just like, fuck. (laughs) Yeah. It's nice to see, like, the humanization of some mm -hmm. of these that other people would call a superhero. Yeah. But it's like, yeah, he is a superhero. Yeah, sure. He's brave and courageous, but like he also gets nervous. He gets stressed. He gets PTSD. Yeah. He has like some pretty fucking permanent damage done to his body because he is a normal human being. Yes. And I think that's I think that's what I've really liked about like Kevin Feige's like all the Marvel movies is like they aren't afraid to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, like you think of uh like how Iron Man died, right? Like mm-hmm. he, like his whole character arc ended because he was like an imperfect human that couldn't let go. Yeah. Right. Like he was just like, like the line that Pepper says to him and then he dies is like the best like line to explain that character where she's just like, we're all safe now. Yeah. Like you can't protect everyone and you just did and you're dying because of it. Like you're good. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Yeah. The only other thing that I have left that I've uh, been like casually watching is Tacoma FD. Okay. It's such a stupid fucking show, but it's fun. Sure. Okay. Like, I don't know if you've ever seen any of those episodes. No. But it's just like, it's a ridiculous, like right in tune with like your typical fucking raunchy sitcoms. They're, they're 20 minute episodes and it's the guys from Super Troopers. Okay. Sure. Yeah. And it's just, I don't know. It's just fun. Like I usually find myself when I like crawl into bed, like I'll throw one or two episodes on. And they're just dumb fucking fun. Dumb humor. Yeah. Yeah. Like when I first saw it, I got super excited. I was like, oh man, the super trooper guys are doing this firefighter thing. This is going to be so good. And I went in with high expectations given my love for super troopers. Right. And it kind of let me down. But then once I like settled in and accepted like this isn't super troopers, this is something different. Is that the one that was on Quibi? No. What was the one on Quibi? Oh, Reno nine one one. Yeah, which is coming back. Right, right, right. Which I'm super fucking excited for. Right. Although I recently 
heard listened to the podcast um what's that guy's fucking name he played lex in smallville oh yeah yeah michael rosenbaum yeah i just he, subscribed to that podcast yeah he does the pod it's called inside of you and yeah. i listened to the one recently with joe latrugio latruglio mm-hmm. from brooklyn 99 fame yep and he's in reno was originally in a bunch of the reno 911 stuff and they were talking about like the new season that's like the actual season that they're going to do with it now. And he was like, no, unfortunately, I'm not in it. He's like, I had commitments. I was doing this and this, so I couldn't make the filming dates. But he's like, hopefully, if this season goes well and they do another one, I can get in on the next. And I was, it just made me excited because like Reno 911 is such a classic. Yeah. I might, I'm glad you're speaking highly of that podcast because I like just found it not too long ago and I haven't listened to any yet. I was curious. They're really, how- the ones that, they're really good interviews and like the ones that I have listened to, like I've like listened to like him and Kevin Smith, Joe Latrulio, Trulli- the guy who played Spike from Buffy the Vampire Slayer was on. Right. Sophia Bush from One Tree Hill. That was a really good one. Yeah. The ones that I, that bother me that I can't seem to make it through. And unfortunately, some of the people I wanted to listen to did it this way and it was during the pandemic. So there's no like face to face. So he's oh. interviewing them like over FaceTime. So like, and the the audio, audio is crappy and like it cuts yeah. in and out periodically. And like that, that that's enough for me to yeah. not listen to a podcast. Like if the audio totally. is just junk. Totally. But he, he definitely like, I would say it's definitely one of the better, if not the best kind of like inside Hollywood, like where it's actors talking to fucking actors. Yeah. I find uh, like, it'll probably be similar to like uh, the Dak Shepard podcast. And he does the same thing where he basically talks with other actors and stuff. Yeah, I I listened to Dax's like armchair expert or whatever a couple times. The pro and I gave up on that one because the majority of the time he's interviewing them, like they're talking about like stuff, mm-hmm. and like sometimes they'll touch on like movies and shows, but it seems to be more geared towards like general life discussions, right? As opposed to inside of you with with Michael, there he they specifically talk about you know, their experiences in TV and television, the behind the scenes stuff, right, and like right. that stuff I find more interesting than like, you sure. know, listening to a celebrity talk about how they really like football. True. It's like, no, I want to know what your experience was yeah. on this television show where like the rumors came out that it was a fucking gong show. Yeah, totally. Right. Cause like to hear the guy who played spike on there talking about how like his experiences with fucking him and charisma carpenter both did it. And they both talked about they had not good experiences with Joss Whedon. Yeah. And it's like, that's the kind of stuff I want to yeah. hear from celebrities, the behind the scenes stuff. Totally. totally. I find like the, the Dax Shepard one is totally dependent on who's on it. Right. Like I find those type of like interview podcasts just totally like, I'm only going to listen to it if I care about the guest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. You know, so it's like, but. Yeah, that's, uh, that's really all I got now. I watched the other things. Fucking checked out the last night in Soho. It's on my list. Yeah, I wanted to like that movie a lot. I had then, concerns that it was going to be a little too trying, like artsy fartsy. Totally is. Okay. Totally is. <laughs> it is totally one of those. Um, there were parts that I really liked, but like. Partway through it, I like, I had the realization that I have with like all of those like A24 art movies where I was like, I get like past the first act and I'm like, yeah, this is really good. And then it like 
gets into the indie artist shit and i'm like oh i'm super not into this (laughs) (laughs) fuck this (laughs) and it seemed like one of those so okay fair enough so i'll remove that from the priority list it seems like i am doomed for eternity to just keep watching those shitty movies and just telling you not to watch them so that's fine like if if you watch it and it's shitty and you give me the heads up then i know not to fucking devote two hours into some of these garbage flicks yeah like there's parts of it that i thought were cool but like there's a lot of it i thought was very nice good to know did you watch spencer yet i figured that would have been high on your fucking list i got halfway through it then i turned it off really i don't know if i'm gonna go back to it or not really yeah you know it's about princess diana right yeah i'm just checking because you're into all that royal fucking bullshit so yep yep not good eh i don't know what that movie is about (laughs) like i got halfway through and i was just like what how where where is this going like what is the What's the plot of this? Austin Lindsay's been dying to watch it. Like I, I'll, I'll probably finish it, but like it was like it was the point of like I threw it on late Friday, so I was like tired, and I was like, all right, fuck it, I'm gonna throw this on. Like halfway through it, I was like starting to get like sleepy eyed, where I was like, oh man, I like I kind of need to go to bed, and then like the movie wasn't good enough to keep me awake, so I was like, I'm gonna turn this off, <laughs> and just never went back, eh? Well, that was to be fair. That was this Friday, so like mm. maybe I'll finish it like tonight or something. But I mean, that's not a good sign if a movie can't keep your attention to keep watching. So she is really good in it, like Kristen, Kristen Stewart. Yeah, like she is like very good as that character. But it's like I I don't know what the plot of that movie is. <laughs> I like I I honestly don't know. I, like I I don't know. Like, I don't know what the plot of that movie is. I don't think it has one. I mean, it would have to have a plot. I don't know what it is. Princess Diana. I mean, like, what more do you need? Yeah, like, it's like... Yeah, it's it's super weird, like, and there's there were scenes that gave me, like, super arty, like, indie vibes where I was like, is is that what this is going to end up being? Like, there was a scene where, like, cause, so Princess Diana, like, had an eating disorder, right? Like, and they touch on that. And so, like, there, uh, there's this scene where, like, they're all eating in this royal room, and she obviously hasn't eaten forever, and she's super hungry. And it just, like, zooms in on her, like, shoveling soup down her, like, fucking, like, in her mouth, and it's, like, dripping all over the place, like, at this high-end royal dinner. And I'm looking at this, and I'm like, what? Like, what the fuck is going on? And then, like, it flashes forward and she just stands up in the middle of dinner and then goes and throws up. And I'm like, like, what? Uh, well, in case you're curious, <laughs> during her Christmas holidays with the royal family, Princess Diana, struggling with mental health problems, decides to end her decade-long marriage to Prince Charles. So, okay. So the plot of the movie is this is when she decides she's going to fucking leave the royal family. Okay. All right. In case you weren't sure what the plot is, that's there you go. Now, now uh, you know what the movie's about. Okay. Because they haven't alluded to any of that halfway through the movie. <laughs> so, I don't know. But, like, yeah. I'll, I'll finish it. Like, I'll, fin- I'll finish it. But 
I think the next one in my queue that I'm dying to watch is Clerk. Just recently came oh, out. Oh, the documentary? Yeah. Yeah. Super fucking super pumped for that. Who's doing that documentary? Uh, Malcolm. Uh-huh. I, I don't know if you're like familiar. Like uh, his buddy Malcolm is the one who did it. Mm-hmm. And I remember one of the podcasts or something like a couple years ago, he was talking about how his buddy Malcolm was going to do a fucking documentary about him and clerk and all this other stuff. And I remember going, Oh yeah, that'd be so cool. And then it just kind of like never heard anything about it again. Then all of a sudden this kind of like popped up on the coming soon. And I was like, Oh, it's finally fucking done. Hmm. I wonder if that's just been sitting on a shelf or something. I don't know. Or maybe they're kind of timing it. Because he's doing the new the new Clerks movie, so maybe it was just a timing thing. That could be it too. Yeah. What else did I watch? I watched this movie called Miss Sloan. I've never seen it before. Never heard interesting. of it. It's like a political thriller. It's actually really good. Miss Sloan. Yeah. It's basically all about. Um, it's kind of like a political thriller based on like kind of campaigning and how it's like basically like a fixed race where it's like hey these people are so in tune with picking politicians that they actually shouldn't be doing it because it's just one person picking them (laughs) Hmm. and it kind of plays on that and it was actually really cool like it showed kind of like i've like i have no idea how the u.s politics works and i don't care so i have no idea if it's true or not but Mm -hmm. like everything i've seen that seems like it totally could be true (laughs) huh so yeah, it was good. It was like a really cool, like political kind of thriller that, like, actually had me like totally interested throughout the whole movie of like, ooh, I want to see where this goes. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, never heard of that one. Yeah, I never heard of it until like I was just browsing, like, movies to watch that I hadn't seen before, and it popped up, and I was like, mm, all right, I'll check it out. Hmm. I think what else have I been watching? Checked out the mayor of Kingstown, the first episode of that, with uh, Jeremy Renner. Okay. Him and his brother are like kind of running a town that is in the business of having prisons. It seems like it might be all right because it's like kind of how they game the prison system and how like that whole system in the U.S. of like for profit prisons is kind of super fucked. Air of Kingstown. Yeah. Never heard of that one either. It just came out recently and it's only got a... I want to say there's only three or four episodes out so far. And it seems alright. Like Hmm. I said, I'm only like one episode in. But it seems like it might be worth a watch. Maybe I'll add that to the list. The highlight for me lately has been that Wheel of Time show. I've been really liking that. I'm still on the fence. I mean, maybe, Amazon, they do such a terrible job of putting together teasers and trailers and marketing material. So, like, yes. I've seen a couple trailers for it, or teasers, and, like, the one that I keep seeing, like, on repeat popping up everywhere is just, like, a scene where this, like, lady's walking through a cave, and then something attacks her, and they end up in, like, a pool of water in the cave. And then she like kills this thing and you see all the water turn red and then she like jumps out of the water and it's like wheel of time. And I'm like, that's not, you're not selling me on fuck all there. That doesn't look very good to me at all. 
I think that's always been the problem with Amazon. Because how many Amazon shows have we talked about where it's like these are quietly some of the best shows we've seen all year, and no one has heard of them? Yeah, they do a terrible job yeah. of doing all of that stuff. Yeah, because it's like they have so many good shows, but I don't know why they have like zero inability to let people know they have good content. It's kind of fascinating. I, I couldn't tell you. Couldn't it's, even begin to fucking tell you. It's like, imagine if HBO just never marketed shows, and then all of a sudden one day you found out that HBO was a thing. You'd be like, oh my god, why has no one heard of this? I feel like HBO would still be better off. The problem with Amazon is that of all of the streaming services, Amazon's user interface is the most garbage user interface for fucking everything. It is I, hot, hot, hot garbage. I have never been so fucking frustrated with streaming service than it is anytime I have to do anything than click a title on the home screen of Amazon Prime. Oh, it's infuriating to and go through stuff. Anytime I have to go one layer deep in that fucking interface, I, I'm just like, I'm pulling out what little hair I have and I'm just like, this should not be as hard as it is. No, and like, that's why the, is I, this search result taking me to something I've got to pay for? <laughs> it's like, I've, I've had this discussion with other people where I, I've made comments about how I hate it. Oh, well, I find what I need when I'm on Amazon. Like, maybe you just suck at it. It's, no, that's not the case. I am like, not to fucking toot my own horn or anything. I'm a fairly tech savvy fucking person. We are not tech illiterate. Yes. So like if if I can fucking change directories and find files in obscure folders on a fucking Linux server without any sort of like mental breakdowns, but you yes. ask me to try and find something that's like new and interesting on Prime and I'm ready to fucking like throw my TV across the fucking room. There's yes. something to be said about that. There's absolutely something to be said about that. Yesterday I was running and pulling dev builds and pull issues off of GitHub trying to get a game server to work. I should not be frustrated with the Amazon Prime fucking interface. No, it's absolutely <laughs> ludicrous. I should not be fucking that frustrated with it. It is absolutely fucking maddening. Yeah. It is terrible. I, it is like the most yeah, it's I like, never find Prime shows by browsing Prime. No. I find out it's like, oh, this show looks interesting from what I read or I see somewhere yes. else. Yes. And then it says on Amazon Prime. And then I will fucking specifically go on Prime, go into the search box, search specifically for that title and watch it. I don't discover anything on Prime. And I swear to God, if they would just for a billion dollar fucking company and the amount of fucking people they have, resources they have, developers, software engineers, everything. Like their shopping experience is like bar none the best. Like buying anything on Amazon is super fucking easy. And I don't understand how they can't apply those same principles to their streaming service. And I swear to God, if they would just polish that bitch up, yep. they would probably get far more fucking streams coming in from their video service than ever before. Yes. I have simultaneously never seen a company care so much about the product they make, but so little about the delivery of it. Mm-hmm. Because that is exactly the problem. Like, there is so much good shows on Amazon. So many. Like, pretty much all of them that I watch, I love. Yeah. But the the delivery of that content is so garbage. Like, I, how can you just simultaneously... It's like, imagine if someone made you the best birthday cake ever, and instead of knocking on your door and handing it to you, they put it in a fucking trebuchet 
two miles that way and shot it and said, hey, can you catch this? It's like... <laughs> yeah, it's... It's maddening. It's, it's infuriating. It's fucking... I mean, I'm not going to lie at this point, like, the way I watch Amazon shows usually aren't on Amazon Prime, so. <laughs> Understandable. Like, the Plex interface is way more user-friendly, so. But, uh. I, yeah. I, I'm still watching Survivor. That is still very good. Oh, that show's still going? Yeah. I've been keeping up with it and it's actually like they're doing a lot of unique twists like I think I've talked about before where like they're straight up like there was an episode last week where they were like yo your big uh, like your big reward this week is just a small bag of rice so yeah here you go (laughs) like they're making it super hard and it was uh, and there was there's actually getting to be like some dumbass juicy drama too so like there was um an episode where they actually won uh like sandwiches like actual sandwiches with meat and has so half the tribe like won this and so jeff was like all right so you're gonna both go back to camp and half of you are gonna eat these sandwiches down the beach and the other half of you can get fucked okay so this group goes and they're eating these sandwiches and they're just like we have like we're getting meat protein we haven't had like protein other than rice for like a week and a half and the other, uh, the other fucking half of the tribe was like, yeah, we don't, we're not eating. And so one of them was like, oh, I actually found some like paprikas on the island. And he was like, so they, cl- like they made a big deal and they climbed this tree and they were like, oh my God, like we got fruit. So they're like roasting this fruit, like trying to have like a better meal than like nothing because they have nothing. And so fucking, so the people come back from eating sandwiches and one of the people that was eating the sandwiches sees that they're like cooking up this, this fruit and he's like, oh, that looks good. And he just like reaches in and starts like eating some of their fruit. And the people were like, like fucking excuse me. Like you just feasted on sandwiches and you're going to come eat our shit. (laughs) And like, he was so tone deaf about it that he like didn't understand what was wrong. Like he didn't understand why people were like upset with him. And so, like, he sat down, and one of the people that was eating the sandwiches with him was like, did you seriously just eat some of the fruit they were cooking? He was like, yeah, I wanted to try it. He was like, do you not realize how that looks? And he was like, what? I just wanted to try it. I just took one piece. And he's like, dude, we just ate a bunch of actual food, and they have nothing. And you decided to take some. He's like, do you not realize how that makes you look? And he was like, I don't. Like, I was like, I, I honestly don't see what the deal is. Wow. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's that's pretty awesome that you're that tone deaf. That's, that's pretty spectacular. That's impressive. <laughs> right? So, so it's been good. All right, I'll take your word for it. Yeah. But other than that, like, I've, I've got a bunch of stuff in the queue, and I don't know what to start. Like, oh. I have... We know that, you're going to keep going with True Blood, and you have to start Lock and Key. Yeah. I've got that Invasion series from Apple that I want to check out, and then that other, the Foundation from Apple, too, that I want to check out, too. And just, what happened to Brittany Murphy. Yes, and I'm adding that. I was actually going to check out Yellowstone, and I added it to Sonar the other night, 
went to go look at it last night and realized it downloaded a Yellowstone documentary instead. So that's yeah. exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Other than that, like I'm super ready for tonight's episode of Dexter. Yeah. Dexter and succession. That's what I'm looking forward to tonight. Yeah. Like I, the new episodes of Dexter, I've like, it's slowly become my most excited weekly release. Cause I'm like, all of it has been good and I want more. Oh, it's always sunny starts up this week. That's what I'm fucking dying. What's, what season are they on now? Fuck like 14 or something. A lot. They just keep making it. eh? Yeah. And it's like South park where it just, they keep pushing the envelope. Like those guys and fucking the guys from South park. They don't give a fuck. They are not worried. They're like, you fucking cancel. Let's try it. Don't care. Yeah. And I absolutely love that approach because the fucking jokes that come out of it are just like, oh, yeah. I love a joke where I'm like, oh, oh shit. Yes. Can you even fucking say that? What? Yeah. I lo- like, I love when they do that because it's just like, wow, you had the balls to do that. <laughs> yeah. So that's what I love. So they got 14 seasons right now. So the 15th is starting this week. Yeah. And I am beyond fucking pumped. Well, I think that's like, that's how you get those ultra successful shows is like people pushing the envelope, right? It needs to fucking stay forever. I hope they, them in South Park, I hope they just keep pumping out the episodes. Yeah. And like, I hope more people do that in the dramas. Like, cause you saw that with early Game of Thrones. Like, that's what people loved about it. They were like, oh man, they're pushing the envelope. Like Mm -hmm. they're doing shit that no one else is doing. You know, like don't just do the cookie cutter shit do your own thing yeah it's it's fine to do it <laughs> people will like it so it's like yeah yeah i've got a lot of tv but movies lately have been like kind of meh yeah there's nothing i want to go see the ghostbusters but that's really it right now i think you'll like that i'm trying to think like Doing anything on the VOD calendar? I mean, the last duel comes out next week. I'll watch that. I won't. I'll truly see if millennials were the reason that movie is not succeeding. Or if it's just bad, it's bad. I'm gonna. <laughs> I just. I have a feeling it's bad. Everything I've seen of it seems like it's gonna be a gladiator style epic that is really good, or it's not. No, it's not. I'm telling you right now, it's not good. <laughs> We'll see. Nothing to do with millenniums. Ridley Scott can play his fucking little violin all he wants and blame everybody but himself, but it's obviously a shitty movie. And it hurts me to say that because I love Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. Fucking love them. I <laughs> love when they do stuff together. But if that wasn't enough, it's not millennials. It's a shit movie. Fair enough. Plain Fair and simple. Fair enough. And Adam Driver's in there too. Yep. Don't care. Shit movie. <laughs> all Star Cast can still be a shit movie. Totally. I'll report back. Yeah, let me know. Well, you know what comes out? Like, not that far away? The Matrix. Yeah, I'll go see that. I don't like the trailer they put out, but I mean, I'm still going to go watch it. That trailer was weird. It was terrible. It was a terrible trailer. They needed to do a whole lot better with that trailer, because it. I went from being beyond excited for another Matrix movie, watched the trailer, and went... I'm going to keep my excitement and momentum because I like the Matrix trilogy, so I'm still going to watch it. I'm still excited, but this trailer did not make me more excited. If anything, it feigned some of my excitement. 
I'm curious what that movie is because it seems like they're just doing the first movie again. And I know it's like they're going to do something different, but like you watch that trailer and you're like, oh, so it's the it's the first movie. Mm, I didn't quite get that vibe personally, but that's the exact vibe I got of it of like, yo, you Keanu Reeves, you want to take the red pill? Well, I think they're trying to branch it off to go into like the next generation. Yeah, totally. I'm curious what that movie is because I recently rewatched all those Matrix movies and after the end of them, I was like, that's right. I super didn't like the last half of this trilogy. And I loved all of them, so I think you're crazy. I thought the first one was good and I thought that highway scene in the second one was good and I still feel that way after rewatching them. I I have I'm waiting to rewatch them until closer to the release. But. Okay, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Other than that, movies are kind of bunk right now. Well, I mean, holiday seasons are approaching. There's some holiday releases that are coming out that I'm sure will be fucking fine. Yeah, like Spider Man's coming out this holiday season. There was a couple others that I saw were in that I'm kind of looking forward to. Is Spider-Man? But, yeah, I thought it was like before Christmas. Oh, I want to say it's like the week before the Matrix. It's like Spider-Man's not too far away. The King's Man is not too far away. Oh, that's right. I do want to see Resident Evil. I've seen mixed things on that movie. I still want to see it. I'm I'm going to yeah, remain too. hopeful. Me too. Uh, there's another one that was not too fucking far away. Jackass isn't too far away. Oh, is that soon? I think it's in February now. Like, it's a little ways out, but it's not too far away. I know they pushed that date a few times. I think Sherlock Holmes isn't too far away. Sherlock Holmes? Yeah, Sherlock Holmes 3. With Robert Downey Jr.? Yeah. What? They're doing a third one? Yeah, maybe I got my dates mixed up. Maybe that one's 2022, later in the year. I don't remember now. I didn't know they were doing a third one, and I'm actually super on board with that. I really like those first two. This is IMDb. Top Gun comes out right away. Uh, I'm excited for that. Resident Evil is out now. Eternal. I I don't know how I feel about Eternals. House House of Gucci's out now. Next yeah. month we get Spider Man and the King's Man. Right. January we get the 355, Morbius, Jackass, and the Black Phone. I'm super interested in. Yeah, the Black Phone looks cool. And then February we get Uncharted <sighs> and the Batman, and that's also when the uh, Foo Fighters fucking horror movie comes out. The Batman, I'm really excited for the Uncharted movie. I look at that and I'm like, eh. no, I'm excited. Eh. And then once yeah. we get into May, that's when we start getting like Thor, Love and Thunder, Doctor Strange, Multiverse, John Wick 4. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sherlock Holmes 3 is apparently in pre-production right now. Mm. Yeah, I, yeah, I definitely confused the days with that, but I know there was a Sherlock 3. I'm on board for that. Those first two movies are criminally underrated. Yeah, they're a good time. I'm curious about the Eternals. There's supposed to be another National Treasure coming out, too. Are they bringing Nick Cage back? As far as I know, yeah. 
Because that'd be the only way I would give a shit about it. Weren't they doing a national? When. Weren't they doing a National Treasure TV show too? Yeah, I thought they were. Are you still watching the uh, the Dan Brown TV show? Yeah, I got like two episodes left. Is it is it still good? Yeah, I still really like it. I mean, if you like Angels and Demons, Da yeah. Vinci Code, I mean, it's all and it's the one dude from Succession. Yeah, yeah. And I I really like it. I'm I'm really into it. I've been meaning to like add it to my list, but I haven't got around to it yet. This is the kind of treatment that most of those fucking they all should have gotten. They all should have gotten miniseries treatments for each fucking book instead of hour and a half long movies. Right. Yeah, that's all I got. Yeah. Well, that sounds like a, as good a note as any to end things on then. I think so. All right. Well, I will catch you on the next one. Later.